Are you ready to meet the moment? Ozzy and our friends at Chevrolet are proud to present Real Talk, Real Change to help foster racial equality in America. And we're inviting you to help. Join me, Carlos Watson, as I talk with key leaders from across the country about racial disparities in America's healthcare system. Look for The Carlos Watson Show and Real Talk, Real Change on YouTube and subscribe. Or download The Carlos Watson Show wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Spotlight, the official podcast of Rattle. I'm Benham. I'm JP. And I'm Gareth. And we're back, lads. We survived last week. We survived our first foray into, into video and Twitch and YouTube. Uh, eagle-eyed people might have spotted the, uh, the stress in, in my face in that first uh, hour or so and the edit that maybe I put into uh, to get that audio version to work. But it worked in the end. I think it worked out well. I think it was a, it was a good first experiment. Uh, we all survived anyway, JP. We did, and, and it wasn't like me and Gareth and Steph had to do all the running around that you were doing, or what, try, trying to get a million and one things sorted out. So, brilliant job, sir, and oh, for the you. edit as well, because um, it's not easy, trust me. But yeah, I thought it came across well. A couple of compliments, a couple of things, a little ego boost. So, mm-hmm. um, someone said I looked a bit uh, younger in it, what I think is an ongoing battle between me and Gareth to try and reverse <laughs> time between us. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's like the modern version uh, of like hot or not did you ever use hot or not where you'd like put your picture on the internet and people would rate you out of 10 oh it's all big in the uh, in the early 2000s oh i do i do remember this we'll start an app. we've got lost in the social network kind of <laughs> 40 or not that'll be the app for uh for grapple there you go Gareth. there's an idea well, well there you go you remember jp and i don't so they so i am i am i have a shoulder that, that week that week difference between us <laughs> came into play there it was <laughs> and it is a week, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck's sake. That's a big that. week, though. <laughs> a massive week in middle. And the best was I saw on it on Twitter this week, Gareth, and yeah, we were talking about like time as usual. Like, I, was, I think I mean, my point was about something to do with how Bret Hart when he when he when he returned to Raw. There's less time between that and him wrestling WCW than, than present day, and how much that blows my mind. Um, that you know more time has passed now since that. And you were like, yeah, my, my best one is like, was it Mean Gene? Was it? And, uh, no, and, uh, yeah, a WrestleMania one. Fuck me. Was he older no, than uh, you were the same age? Uh, you know, it, was, it was the same age. It was almost like the same age to the month. I was, um, I was, I, I was just pissing about on the WWE network, just like, and then I came across there was like the old sort of VHS videos that they used to like release. And I used to have a British Bulldogs one that were, that was had been re-released over here. And it was from like 86. And Mean Gene's doing this like classic interview with them in the gym. And I was thinking, how old was Mean Gene here kind of thing? And then I looked and he was just like a touch old, like touch older than me. And I was like, fuck off, guy. And then like, I was like, work out, you know, I was working it out exactly. And then I like remembered him like singing because he sung, didn't he, at WrestleMania one? And I was thinking like, oh my god, am I the same age as me and Gene there? And I had a look, and it was like, yeah, exactly the same. He's there, like portly, no hair, with his muzzy, just like eternally an, an eternal old man. And I was just like, oh, I cannot believe this. That was because I always punish myself with it. Of like every birthday, I'm always looking and saying like, oh, who who am I older than now? Kind of thing. And that one's just <laughs> taking the cake. I think it's just fucking killed it for me now. The idea. <laughs> Yeah. Fucking meat gene. Unbelievable. Oh. It's like uh, Steve Austin, retired at 38. 
I'm two years away from that. <sighs> Terrifying. Worse, I did... Um, Hey, people will be able to listen to it this week, Music of the Mat, uh, where we talk to Eddie Guerrero's themes. Uh, I'm going to be on that. I think it comes out Tuesday night. Um, talking about Eddie Guerrero, 38 when he died. Like, think of what he packed into those years, you know, or, you know, like I say, the Steve Austin example, think of what he packed in to those years before 38. Like, I doubt in the next two years I'm going to accomplish anything near that. Uh, it's fucked, isn't it? As, as you get older, it's just uh, it's kind of all try. Yeah, exactly. That's no excuse. Goldberg did it. Come on. I think Batista started about this age, so you know, always an option, JP. Exactly. Now look at him. He's got fucking featured role in June, and I'd say it's more chance of him winning an Oscar than like any chance of like The Rock ever doing anything like that. Which I know sounds silly, but his work in that film with that kid, the one where he plays a spy. I mean, it's great stuff. He's a real actor. Takes this seriously. He's a thespian. Is our is our big Dave? Um, mad at him because he still got me blocked on Twitter. But you know he's not the yeah. only one. So you know I'll let that go. Uh, <laughs> Slag off Road Dog and Sean Michaels at your peril. Oh, they all end up. At, what's that right wing one? Uh, Taylor T- Tola. What's it called? That one parlor. That's it, isn't it? Where the old oh yeah, where Drake uh, Drake Younger has uh, has disappeared to, um, where all the uh, yeah all the cancelled Twitter figures go. That's where Road Dog will pop up next with his Trump supporting. Yeah, Maga blaming everything on bloody um, oh well the Q and on shite, all mm-hmm. those lot. Yeah, Incel City, I imagine it is on there. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, um, but yeah, I was going to say, have you guys been up to much since the uh, since the uh, the video recording last week? We've had a we had a long eight days uh, since the last one. Uh, no footy this weekend either, so we can't throw in our uh, our fancy football chat at this point. Although I know it's uh, getting you very stressed this uh, international uh, break weekend, JP. Uh, I assume you were paying very close attention to the uh, the England game and uh, and all. Did England play? I'm not even sure. I don't care. To be <laughs> It was the first time I'd watched an England friendly in what felt like, possibly at the time where I went, Mm. which was a game against Belgium that they played at Wembley. And I went with my mate to watch England-Belgium and England won 1-0. And it was just before a major championship. I think before Euro 2016. I could be wrong on that. Um, And that was the last time I'd seen an England friendly and I had to be there for it. Mm -hmm. And I watched Ireland. And long-term listeners will know that I've been bullishly optimistic about Irish football. I may well have got the timeline wrong. <laughs> I'm going to stick to my comments, though, because there's really no other way of backing out of it. But watching that game was a was a chastening fucking experience. It really was. And it's always made worse by the usual thing of, like, Bukayo Saka played great as well. Because, of course, he's going to. Because he's, he's an Arsenal player playing against Ireland. Much in the same way Robbie Keane would score against Arsenal. It's just like, of course he does. Of course, John O'Shea hits a great goal and he happens to be from Waterford, the fucker. So the day there was a day of sport on, on Saturday that went with the under-21s losing 2-1 to Iceland, <laughs> followed by Waterford losing to Limerick in the hurling, followed by Ireland losing to Wales, after seeing Ireland lose to England as well. Um, yeah. I then started work on the on the Jeff Jarrett series, as I told you. So I was like, fuck this. I can't be dealing with any more sport this weekend. Where's Fantasy Premier League? Where's that? 
I was enjoying you and uh, James are going back and forth in our uh, our secret uh, Eurograps yep. uh, group chat on Twitter about some kind of Irish. But I don't know what you're talking about. Like you just say names and like <laughs> I assume it's like hailing or something or like someone's throwing hurling. a ball into some kind of net. Um, I don't really know. You seem very passionate about it, and like I enjoy that. Yeah. Like you know, I think your lads are more into that stuff than the other fuzzy auntie. So I think that's a you've done well, JP, as an Irish dad. I think you've uh, you've trained them well. Especially with this accent as well, you'd think. They just like the inherent violence involved. I think they just love the fact that it kind of, it feels a bit more brutal. And then you remind them, yeah, none of these boys are being paid. Hmm. Or they are kind of paid in kind with jobs and the rest of it. But anyway, that's a much bigger conversation, not for this show. (laughs) Um, But yeah, the eldest likes, likes the football. But it was watching it as well. And I expected them to lose. It felt like the light relief in the middle of a bit of a shit sandwich. To be honest with you, um, well, yeah. I was just la- I was just laughing because in that group chat where you and like I, the messages were just like coming in, and it was like, oh, we're going to get humped here, and oh, it's two nil or whatever kind of. And I was thinking like, oh, who's twatting Ireland here? And then so I went on the BBC Sport app, and it was like, oh, it's England kind of thing. And I, was like, I had literally no idea that match was happening. <laughs> yeah, um, and he really it was like the depth. It, Jack Grealish as well, like playing well, who played Ireland under twenty ones. Obviously, and I give my right ball to play for Ireland at this point in time. But that's maybe not, not the under twenty ones, Jason. Yeah, exactly. Well, he's not—he's no Declan Rice. He got three fucking caps for Ireland before he switched over because the Dildo Brothers offered him a big new contract at West Ham, didn't they? So. It's like um, Arteta tried that, didn't he? Because he—he like when he came through, like when he was at his peak for Everton. Like mm. there was about like twelve other players who played his position for Spain, so he never even got in the squad. And like there was a point where I think it was a Capello trying to get him to, to sign up for England, but I think technically he'd played like two Spanish youth games or something like that, so they wouldn't let him in. Imagine that, Arteta for England. I think we'd have both been happy there, JP. Like, do you know, I would have been happy with that because I, I love him, even if he does. Great man. He do- At times he looks like a vampire. Have you noticed? <laughs> It's like a cross between a vampire and a Colombian drug lord. Like, you know, you know, if, he, like if he had me. you killed in Narcos, you'd be like, "Yeah, that sounds about right." I, I, I always think he looks like Tom Cruise in Vanilla Sky when he's got like, you know, when he's like scarred up. His face is fucked. <laughs> yeah, like he looks like it, it, it looks like he should be better looking than he is, or something like that. His face is a bit off. <laughs> That's wow. such a bad film. <laughs> it is awful it is I went to cinema to see that and I was fucking angry better or uh, worse than Titanic do you think um oh well Titanic had the last hour mm. of like yeah you lot all deserve to drown apart from Kathy Bates she was a good crack for the couple of scenes she was in it but um yeah yeah definitely that <laughs> uh, have you been up to much Gareth any uh, any news in, uh, in Grapple Towers this week you had your COVID test yet? I have one today. No, no, I haven't. I haven't been for another. I've, I've been inside a t- inside a feed. So the council tells me that not many people have been doing it this week as well. It's massively, oh. uh, massively died off apparently. So we'll see how uh, successful this trial goes. And apparently, there's two tests that you can have. I, I don't know the fucking scientific 
intricacies of it, but you know, there's been a lot of people getting uh, doing both tests and one saying positive and one saying negative. So um, we'll see how uh, see how oh, successful what? this is. <laughs> see how successful this is. So wow. we'll never know that that uh, that negative test that you had, Benno. Oh shit! Maybe don't hang, maybe don't hang your hat on it. <laughs> <laughs> I was well impressed as well. I went down to like the the local uh, local gym by me. The army are all there, which is fucking terrifying. Like it's just just an army on the story dream that isn't that army roaming the streets of liverpool i know i know but they were lovely fellas to be fair got me in i was in and out in less than five minutes got me test results in about 25 minutes it was it was the horrible one like to stick it up you know stick it down your throat type of thing but it came back negative so i think i'm all right but i don't know i'm worried after what garrett said there but no all all i've been up to like like the classic old man that i am has just been pure nostalgia this week so i've just been been doing a big sopranos rewatch um probably about 15 years maybe something like that so just uh just been absolutely plowing through that and then um that that inspired me to watch the godfather on saturday as well so i'm just very much about very much about old things at the moment rather than uh rather than focusing on the new how does uh sopranos hold up like for me i think it's got that i think the wire is like the ultimate rewatchable like old show because it's so detailed that every time you watch it there's loads of storylines you kind of forget I don't think Sopranos has quite got that, but it's still got the depth, hasn't it? Like I'm due a rewatch. Oh, it's I... been a couple of years for me, so maybe I'll give it another year. But it is a it is a great thing to do. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I just think it totally holds up. I've been absolutely loving it. We've just been like, it's one of these where we've just been, you know, go on one more episode and it's fucking half one in the morning kind of thing, and you know you should be in bed, but you just have to just do that one extra episode. So we, we've just been burning through it just so good like like i said i literally i'm not never been like a big rewatcher of stuff and then like i'd rewatched the wire earlier this year just because of lockdown and then now mm. we said oh let's rewatch this and it's literally the first time i've watched it since i first saw the sopranos and fuck me it's good like it's one of them i always knew it was a great kind of thing in my head but yeah. you know it's only when you then go back and rewatch it especially after all this time where you're just like fucking they don't make them like this anymore what an old man i am <laughs> <laughs> But um, one of the things Would that Jane like, have said that. If I had done one of the things, though, I don't know if you've reviews. Have you ever used, listened to the podcast at all? That um, um, Christopher and Bobby do a podcast where they do like go through episode by episode and they they, they talk through them. And I've mm. I've ended up subscribing to it, but I'm watching them at such a rate that there's no mm. way that I could possibly keep up with the the podcasts. But I was thinking like that 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 sounds like fucking great really i think just probably pick and choose a few of them episodes but that definitely sounds like something that would be a, a good listen oh cool i didn't even know that was a thing yeah that sounds great i might even just listen to it without watching it because i can kind of remember all of those episodes that's the problem though, isn't it when you you get back into an old show you want to binge it don't you so you haven't got time to stop and and listen to a podcast but well, i was gone that'd be the one uh chrissy on a podcast that sounds sounds way better than it. why is anyone listening to this go listen to that <laughs> <laughs> Joe is a very big fan of that. So oh, yeah. I, need to, I need to start. I need to start the rewatch at some point with mm. these. That that and the wire. I, the wire was one that it was like, okay, wait till the boys are kind of of age, mm. and it's like, well, fuck it, let's give it a go and let's let's see, learn some Baltimore slang. Five <laughs> <laughs> oh, a great place. Uh, I mean, uh, not so, Amsterdam, mate. That looks fucking rough. At <laughs> I don't know, mate. I live in Walton, so I can't really talk. Yeah. <laughs> Gorgeous yeah. Walton. Not for much longer, though. No, that's it, mate. I'm, get, I'm getting out of it. Uh, Graffiti-laden. You enjoyed that idea, the chemtrails graffiti that's all over. We've got a lot of conspiracy theorists in Liverpool now. Um, it's, all, Ooh, uh, it's all 
it's all microchips and, uh, and chemtrails, JP. Uh, your, your dreams of moving up here and buying a 40 grand house might, uh, might not be good. It was absolutely fucking impressive. I mean, I'm trying to find the picture now of, of the graffiti that, 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 that you had taken. So the first ones is L24 is May slag. All you need, all you need is Klopp Red and Blues Outlet Shop, which just looks incredible. Great shop. Then it, there's that bit with the Everton ground, mm. like the top of your road, and then look up chemtrails, like piece of graffiti. And I thought, yeah, that's that, that's the Walton that I barely know but do love. Can you see why I'm moving, mate? I can when you put it like that. Like, really, in those kind of terms, you just think, oh, this is going to be difficult, isn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, we've got a lot, a lot of, of, of A lot of anti-5G graffiti about in yeah. Liverpool, I think, at the moment as well. I, I think we like, Crosby see as well. everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you go with that walk on the... I mean, well, we're getting very, very niche here and very local, but, like, there's a lot of that. Like, yeah, stop 5G. Like, what's what the... is that about? People have got broke up. There was a protest this, uh, this weekend, in, like, in the city centre of, like... Yeah, people don't people don't want the COVID vaccine because like they think Bill Gates is going to put a microchip in them, stuff like that. Like people buy this stuff. Like never mind, listen to the scientists. L- listen to your local scally; he'll tell you what's really up. Proper end times conspiracy stuff, isn't it? Mm. Like I'd like it if for a laugh they went, no, 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 we're not going to give you the vaccine. We're just going to put a barcode on your arm, and you can <laughs> just pay with that from now on, just to see the reactions. Because it would really fuck with people's heads for a bit. And you just went, look, I'm joking. I'm not going to do that, or, or am I? Mm. And then maybe just convince them that you're Satan before they kill you. <laughs> but yeah, this 5G stuff I've never gotten because it almost feels like, like what are you? You're fine with 4G though. This 5G is clearly the thing that's kind of like it's one. Maybe more. it's me, and I'm being. Th- it's one more. <laughs> yeah. Wait till 6G comes out, JP. What's that going to happen? Are they expecting people's heads to explode like it's fucking scanners or something? Like <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. Oh, I know, I know. It's just like... Conspiracy theories, mate. It's the bane of this universe. Why you can't go on Facebook anymore. Mm. Everyone's getting radicalised on Facebook. That was going to be your point. That is literally it. Like, I see it happen with my own dad. My uncle, who's like the nicest man in the world, shares some very questionable stuff these days. (laughs) It is the... uh... I don't know, it's a haven for, like, the alt-right and these uh, weird conspiracy nuts who are like, yeah, I'm never taking a vaccine. I'm not le- I'm not letting them put that shit in my body. I'm not letting them track me. It's like, mate, you can't, You literally carry a phone around all day. And, like, you know, <laughs> your, your, your trips to the local newsagents and to see a local drug dealer really aren't that interesting. No one cares. <laughs> that's, the, that's the real truth of the matter there, isn't it? Yeah. It, it, yeah, yeah, I've... I just can't get a handle on this. And and the more like, especially in the States at the minute, where they're just not accepting an election result, for fuck's mm. sakes, like yeah. at all. And... I, was, I was surprised we didn't talk much about that last week, JP. Is it just like, is it is it just, it hurts too much or it's just glad it's over? Is it relief? Are you all talked out? Um, or is it just that that cunt won't get out? Um... It's, it's waiting on him to leave. Mm. Now, I maintain, okay, so the popular theory is he goes off and he does a news network and the rest of it. And he'd be Newsmax or OAN, and that's why he's doing all the anti-Fox news stuff. Actually, at the minute, what he's doing a lot of his fundraising. It's a lot of campaign emails out there that it's supposed to be going towards a legal defense, but in fact, most of it isn't. It goes towards a super PAC to help support him. My whole thing, and I say it again, is he's in a lot of legal trouble. And it's trouble that he can't pardon himself over. So, like, as a left-field bet, and I haven't bet on something like this, I see him buggering off to, like, Saudi Arabia or Qatar. I could see him doing something like that. 
effectively in exile, like mm. trying to run, like do some sort of stuff from there because he's a, he's a fucking grifter. But I think it's a sense of relief. I mean, when I realize it, when I really speak to my sister, who is just like, I'm so sick of this man. Mm. He has been everywhere for like the last more than four years, like sort of six years of Donald fucking Trump. Mm. And this bizarro world where this failed businessman reality TV host is the only person who speaks truth in this universe and his enemies are secretly lizards who drink baby's blood <laughs> and are running a paedophile ring out of a pizza restaurant. Now, if you're believing that, <laughs> you've got to look at yourself then, haven't you? Yeah. You really do. I mean, it makes the whole thing like Scientology look credible. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna miss them though, yeah. JP. Like, because I feel like I listen, I listen to a uh, politics, politics, politics. It's Justin Robert Young. He's a wrestling fan who does like politics stuff as well. He always says like the really like the people who really hate Trump, who've hated Trump this entire time. What are we? What are we all gonna do with that energy? Like, you know what I mean? It's like it's become for some people, it's become the whole personality. How much they hate mm. Trump, and rightfully slow, justified so. Do you know, what I mean? there's gonna be like a gap, I think, in like our popular culture when he's like. Out the way, unless, like you say, he goes on the run and he still, may, you know, remains like a major news story because he is like at this point quite. He's literally the most famous man in the world, isn't he? Like yeah. that's what it is. Like we've, we've all been living in the Donald Trump show these last four years. Uh, like I don't know what we do with that. Without, show's over. I know, but we need that super villain. It's think. a series finale, mate. <laughs> <that'd be. laughs> Please, well, if the FBI listening, JP didn't mean you know. I know. <laughs> well. <laughs> Or maybe if the FBI listener, where, maybe the... You take whatever meaning you want from it, Chris. <laughs> I'm joking. Like, I'm not instigating anything. <laughs> or am I? <laughs> uh, I was going to say, Gareth, have you fixed your light yet? Sorry, while we were here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got a cuddly toy holding a plug into something there to keep the light on. So we're not right. oh, What a week to not have a video show. <laughs> if you suddenly see some flames behind me, let me know. <laughs> Anyway, we'll save that for the video content in future mess. <laughs> just a, just an image, a show image of Gareth holding his uh, daughter's uh, favourite teddy bear just up in flames by his hand. <laughs> wow. Um, I was going to say, uh, before uh, we move on to, uh, to more serious wrestling stuff, uh, we'll do, do the same as we've been doing the last few weeks. Gareth, anything to, uh, to plug as far as uh, grapple goes? Anything we, uh, people should know? I put I gave a five stars on the app this week. Uh, you know, people people can do that. Enjoy me. What did you give five stars to? Eddie and Regan. Ah. Nothing modern. Don't be silly. It was we, we've all watched <laughs> like a fucking boatload of wrestling this week that we are going to talk to. A lot of promise. I said, no. what the fuck have I missed? <laughs> oh no! I went um, when I was doing that. Um, music Tokyo Joshi Pro. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, JP, we told you before we press record, two hours, 55 minutes. Maybe yeah. now. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, because I was doing that um, that Eddie podcast, the music of the map one. I just wanted to put myself in the in the mind space of like Eddie Guerrero and obviously it being 15 years since he died. So I went back and I just watched like, it wasn't so much his best matches ever. It was more like matches from each part of his career. Um, and I, yeah, you know, I had to throw in the Eddie Ray Halloween Havoc match and I wasn't a coward, unlike uh, like some people this week. I uh, I gave it the full five stars. Uh, no four point seven fives over here. Um, <laughs> I haven't actually given many five stars on Grapple. I am the ultimate coward. Like I think, what Hogan Warrior on there five stars. I've got Ray Eddie on there five stars now. 
maybe one of the Kenny Okada matches I gave five stars, but even I wasn't as high on them as a, a lot of people. Um, but I think it deserves it, to be honest. Like, I went back and watched it and just, it, it holds up. It, it You know what it is? It's the type of match where I think in the moments you would have watched it as like this throwaway, not throwaway, but undercard match on a pay-per-view that wasn't that important and gone. That was fucking amazing. But because of its placement in the card, you'd probably think, ah, you know, I'll give it four stars, four and a half stars even. I think I think Meltzer gave it four and a half or 4.75. I don't think he went the full five on it. But you watch it back now, like, and just watch it as like a standalone match. It is the perfect wrestler match. Like from, you know, Eddie as a heel to Ray as the underdog babyface to every single spot in the match pretty much hits perfectly. Everything's got meaning to it. Everything... Everything looks like it hurts, you know what I mean? Everything looks like, I don't, I don't want to turn into Jim Cornette, but, you know, Eddie Guerrero's going for the win, you know what I mean? When he, like, he puts the extra forearm over Rey Mysterio's face when he goes for a pin, or, you know, he hits a backbreaker and goes for a pin, which is, can just be a throwaway spot. It looks like he's trying to win the match at that point. Everything about it, it is literally, for me, the perfectly work wrestler match. Like, it's the type of match, like, you know, that, again, not to get too old school, they should show in training schools to so these young kids today who don't know what they're doing. Um, that was perfect. And yeah, I, I went five stars. And I didn't expect to. I thought I'd go four and a half. But no, I thought you'd enjoy that, Gareth. And I've, uh, I've thrown a little uh, a five stars in there uh, on your app. Uh, I was going to say, it's nice nice to see a rare five. Uh, five <laughs> come from your account there then. Uh, but yeah, I mean, when you said you were doing that podcast, like I thought, oh, I'm going to go back and watch Eddie Ray. And I just like just totally slipped my mind as... Um, looking at other stuff so I'll, I'll try and like go back and watch it this week because i reckon it must be like must be a good sort of five or six years since i've since i've i've watched that but mm. i just think it's one of them especially like from the style of match that it is and especially like the way that that style is just like i don't know evolved and become you know you see so much more of that now than you did up until that time you know that's that that, that style wrestled in america for, for that mm. to hold up and still be you know still be at that level and especially like from from yourself who's you know, you are you love that like uh, high flying, fast paced, flippy stuff, don't you? You know, mm. so again, like for for it to to hold up as well. If you think about like how many people have come and gone since since then as well, and you know, for 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 things that were considered to be innovative at the time, still hold up and things like that. It's absolutely yeah, absolutely spot on. Yeah, that's it. I think I think the the thing that the reason for that is Rey Mysterio, even in 1996, is doing things that like flies in 2020 wish they could do. You know, like that's the thing. Like he is. There was that weird period where I don't know what it you know when he got like the he got the push on WWE TV where it felt like there was pushback and people didn't see him as like the legend that he is. I know he's had like this kind of second run now with a little bit of an extra run on WWE TV and some reason is you know his knees got put back together and he looks twenty years younger again, doesn't he? You know, never mind the creative maybe that he's uh, that he's getting put through right now on WWE TV, yeah. but you know he looks more like Rey Mysterio again. But mm-hmm. I always think like he, people forget like how good he was and like how influential he is like because yeah he's hitting stuff that people wouldn't you know be able to do now or if he did it now you'd still be wild and they pack it into like it's like a 13 minute match it's not even that long um mm. and it's just it's worked at such a pace with just no fat whatsoever like when i was watching it there's literally a point where you can see the refs telling eddie they need to go home and i'm watching this back now with like 24 years of and that's crazy 24 years worth of like hindsight and going you know what like who's the dickhead agent backstage who's telling these lads to go home like they're out there like literally doing an all-time match let them fucking go leave it up to eddie he can make his own decision um but again i think that just says for uh 23 years it was 97 was it but yeah that just says 
like how how good that was and how good that work was uh, for the time. Or obviously, if you didn't get a chance to go back and watch it, you should. And if anyone listening does, uh, yeah, there's there's an a plug for the app. People should go back and uh, and throw their uh, throw their rating in. Uh, should be near five though, I reckon. Um, but yeah, you, uh, I did notice you as well, Gareth. You were on the app this week throwing some mm. not fives out, but near fives. I ended up going back and revising one of them, and I did stick a stick a five in. I I got up early on Saturday morning, and the like house was just a bit quiet, and I, I thought, oh, I just feel like watching something, so um, I just threw Flare Steamboat on, and then so it was like the the Chi Town Rumble one, so I'd, like watch the first one, and then uh, I just fucking loved that, like mm. such a such a great match, and then like once I'd finished that, I was like, oh, I've got to watch the next one now, haven't I? Like even though I knew it was like an hour's match kind of thing. I thought, yeah, 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 let's let's stick that on. And then once you've kind of done two, you've been like, oh, well, you've got to do all three, haven't you, kind of thing. And I think it may have even been the first time that I've ever watched the three of them, like, back to back to back like that. And it just, like, uh, I just for me, it was just like, it was res- it was real wrestling. It was just wrestling that I fucking love. And, you know, like, I'm just, you know, obviously I'm, there I'm like saying this week been on the old nostalgia kick with the uh, Sopranos and watching The Godfather and complaining about being an old man and things like that. But like really at, at a time where I don't want to say I've been like been a bit down on wrestling lately, but I just think that some of the stuff I think certain like the elements of the G1 that we talked about the other week and just you know then you know the, the way this new power struggle was pretty average and then just then obviously the following day that that that, that other event that we, uh, the, the tag league and the, the best of the super juniors that we'll talk about in a bit more detail just seeing this and just seeing how like fucking crazy the crowd were for all three matches and just you know just for a style of wrestling that essentially is you know relatively basic in terms of like move set but what they do just been worth a million times more than what the majority of people that you you know you see out there like having matches these days. I mean, I mean these t- t- together for the, for these three matches with the different match lengths and the different styles, you know, different the, the way the story builds. There's little like callbacks from one match to the next to the next kind of thing. You know, one's more brawling, one's more technical, and 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 things. It's it really just as a as a you know, essentially, if you piece three together, it's like two hours of your life that that you that you're going to spend watching this. And like, I was just thinking, God, to think there's going to be some people out there who are going to sit and they're going to for two hours they're going to watch SmackDown this week, or <laughs> there's some people out there and they're going to watch like NXT UK and 205 Live or something. There are people out there who will be doing this, and I'm just thinking, like, oh God, just go and watch the the Flair Steamboat trilogy just because. I mean, I th- just the again like i say just from a just basic in-ring storytelling where it's just working a body part and then moves that happen later having you know there was a reason for the work that went in before it and then like it ultimately pays off with like a, a submission happening or a pin happening you know that that you can then kind of trace things back or you know in the first match there's things like the the way it's run sorry the way it's won is like Flair goes for the figure four and Steamboat wins with a small package. Then in the you know in the next match there's a there's a fall where you know Flair goes for the figure four, Steamboat goes for the small package again, but then Flair reverses on it on on it on him, so then he gets the pin kind of thing. So it's like it's like the, they've learned from what's gone before, and there's like you know there's there's little elements you know like 
the, the, there's a fall where Flair's legs under the rope to in in the second match. In the third match, there's a there's, there's a there's a fall where Steamboat's arms under the rope, but it's spotted and it, the pin's broken up and stuff. And it's just all these little just like nuanced elements of storytelling that just really just build it up to just be absolutely great and. Like I ended up sticking four point seven five in for each match because I because I did I rated them literally as I finished with them and then I just sort of sat and I stewed on it and I was like well I'm putting these in an order in my mind and I knew that I loved two kind of thing and um I thought that three was better than one so I've ended up going back and I've given number two a five yeah. I've given number three a four point seven five and give number one a four point five so you have kind of got that tiering in there because I was I was kind of sitting for the rest of the Saturday thinking, why have I give that second one a 4.75? What could they possibly have done to make it any better? It's a match that's gone 55 minutes, three falls, it's told an outstanding story. And then, um, then, you know, it's, it's, yeah, you know, there's, there's no reason not to kind of thing. So the fear was gone. There was the nitpickiness <laughs> was gone kind of thing. And the, and a five went in there as well. So, so there you go. There's, oh, there's two of us put a historical match, uh, on the app with a five uh, oh. this week. Yeah, that's it. Can't, can't be, there's no room for cowardice here, JP. That's that's what you got to. That, that, that's the thing, though. I think that I had that attitude about. I say even Walter Ilya. Like I think back mm. on that, I wonder whether I should have given that five because realistically, what would have changed? I had that same kind of thought with Bray and Eddie. It was like, well, actually, you know, in the day I might have given it four and a half, but realistically, what could you make better about that match? Nothing, in my opinion. So no, I'm glad I saw. You might say more time in the case of, like you said earlier on, with Eddie and Ray. Uh, Maybe, yeah, maybe there's an argument there. Um, But no, I was glad uh, I saw Voices of Wrestling call you out, Gareth. So I'm glad you uh, you rose to the challenge (laughs) and uh, went the full five. Uh, I've got to be honest, I haven't seen those matches in a long time. I had that, you know, that Ric Flair, the original WWE DVD set they put out. It was one of the first multi-disc ones they put out. So when that first came out, I watched them, and that must have been like 2005, something like that. Going 15 years ago now. Um, oh God! Well, I I just got lost in it. I got lost in it because you know I was I was thinking, God, this is just everything I want from wrestling. Just simple, great storytelling, logical, not overly convoluted. The matches themselves, like I don't know, you almost forget, like because you think you see Suzuki now and Ishii now having these matches that's so hard hitting and things like that. They, they were knocking the shit out of each other, like <laughs> Flair, Flair's chops. They're fucking brutal. He's in that, especially in that, you know, the, the first match, he's knocking hell out of Steamboat with with them. And then well, I ended up just getting lost with it because the last match, obviously, it's got the angle where Funk pile drives him on the table. And then uh, and then it was almost like when we were talking about um, you last week, Benno, like running mm. out to, to buy your ticket because you're kind of like souls to like, you know, I'm, I'm buying the pay-per-view immediately on the back of that AEW uh, Dynamite <laughs> show. I was like, I've got to watch Flair Funk at the bash now kind of thing. So then I was like, you know, came on to came on, ended up watching like Flair Funk at the bash, which is just another fucking great match though. You know, oh God, top of my head. I think I went like, you know, four, four point two five. Then that the way that ends with like Muta getting involved and Sting getting involved, and I was like, oh, well, I've got to watch Halloween Havoc now because like <laughs> Sting and Flair against Muta and Funk, and then and then that one ends leading into like at the Clash Nine at the end of the year. You've got like Flair Funk in the I Quit match. So basically, I ended up watching that. That was the that was WCW's main event for the year. Basically, was Flair Steamboat evolving into Flair Funk, and I tell you what, for ultimately that all adds up to like three hours of wrestling lads if you're going to watch fucking raw this week anyone listen to this don't watch raw this week watch 1989 wcw and just watch flair steamboat and flair funk that's that's all i can say 
Good shout. Good shout. I'm glad you're picking on Raw as well and not SmackDown. Okay, you know, yeah. SmackDown's got the got the Roman story, you know, it's great. Uh, no? Okay, maybe not. Maybe not for Gary. <laughs> on, uh, have you on, watched the recently, JP? I watched only Chi-Town Rumble, mm. which is probably the one that I wrote most about. I'm not going to go into all the details and intricacies of the match, but I watched that on Gareth's recommendation. I watched it on The Walk, which ultimately now made me wonder. <laughs> I went four and a half. I love that you do that. I did. <laughs> that was another it's thing. They, it's what they would have wanted. I'm giving a lot of peeks into our group chat this week, but that was I thought I saw Jamesy pick you up on that. Like, yeah. how do you watch these matches? Like, do you not bump into people? And you were like, yeah, you know, I'm walking through fields and up hills, so you know, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if I'm bumping into people, it's scary. So, like, like generally, it's it's there's more mud-based issues around there. But <laughs> I digress. Been lashing it down here this weekend. Um, but I watched that on the walk. I, I went four and a half for that. It is absolutely brilliant. I mm. think it, that was like a safety vote after mm. I've seen the other two. And again, after I can kind of get the context of it. I didn't watch the second one because I thought, okay, this one's an hour. And there was just other things that I was kind of watching, Gareth. Some of which does cement your earlier point of what you're doing with your time. <laughs> Looking at you. I oh, know it, it was all right. Tokyo Joshi Pro. Um, but <laughs> it won't actually be a review. I'm going to have to call reference. the podcast Tokyo Joshi Pro now and just tease all the perverts. Just tease, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, um, uh, Joshi fans. <laughs> Sorry. It's a good match, not Sorry, five no. stars. I'll, 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 I'll say that. Um, but this match, like, it was, as Gareth said, it was just like everything you wanted from wrestling because even Flair's heel actions in the first match there isn't there's a point in the match when um tommy young gets knocked down and normally what you expect to see is the crowd looking towards the entrance way who's running in and that doesn't happen and they're bigging up the crowd because there's a couple of people from the chicago bears in there jim ross is loving that mm-hmm. and i have to say magnum ta was surprisingly good i kind of i thought oh, i bet he'll be shit and he he wasn't he was fine um yeah, I mean, in fairness, he nearly died, so he had a good excuse. <laughs> sit back here. Um, but yeah, I, I, I thought, like, there, like you mentioned about the subtleties and, and everything else, and it made me kind of appreciate Ricky Steamboat. It made me also think, and maybe it's just me, but there's you could tell where, say, a Tanahashi or a Miyahara take somewhat of an influence from him, particularly in the selling, but it's the kind of high-octane burst of offense that they'll do before there's another point where he'll he'll have his um he'll have his comeback thwarted and i kind of it was the way they worked the crowd and this crowd are just absolutely electric throughout the whole thing and you can hear some pro flair chants in there as well which i kind of remembered how i felt about ricky steamboat at the time where it was like i don't want to be ricky steamboat he's here with his wife and his kid you want to be flair like that's who you kind of want to be but at the same time Steamboat completely wins you round mm. as like, you know, that kind of baby face who may not always be cool, but you like them and you remember why you like them watching this. It's it's just like a combination of just brilliant things. You've got a great crowd. You've got two workers at the top of their game. You've got Jim Ross, like at the top of his game. Yeah. And it's just all pitched like a big main event with a classic wrestling main event kind of story angle where he's slagging off his uh, steamboat's family but it's 
kind of fine because you think okay it's just all within wrestling and they show the bits where he's just like ripping Flair's suit off and the rest of it and it's it's very much you go down that nostalgic path and you realize there's a reason why people call this stuff legendary mm. it is it's not a case where you may not like these guys as they get older therefore the match is shit which is a lot of kind of revisionist history that you do see where there's a kind of like denial of kind of well that's why you change your scale to seven stars that's how you do that yeah god yeah tell me about it um (laughs) but this like things i want to see more people using the ropes the way flair does like just the kind of constant pulling and then letting go before tommy young can see and tommy young doesn't look like a fool during this as well he doesn't really look like a fool and like you've got the slightly screwy finish with Teddy Long in as referee setting up the next match where the only bit I saw was they projected Ric Flair at the clash match, but they've spelled R I C K. Yeah. <laughs> How long has he been there by this point? <laughs> I do love stuff like that. Or they get Rick Rude wrong or that type of thing. It's very NWA WCW. Mm. I kind of like that stuff in a way. Like that's part of the kind of appeal of it is the, they want to be flashy, yeah. but they'll always do cheap flashy. They always did cheap flashy. Like their graphics before the videos, you'd be excited to see them, and then you go, you know, heart of hearts, WWF would have just kicked their ass with their opening to a kind of pay-per-view like Survivor Series or Royal Rumble. Mm. And then you end up with sort of Abdullah the Butcher and some gravestones at Halloween Havoc <laughs> 91, don't you? Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. That's why we it, love it. it, it, it this is a great match. It's a, it's just a good idea if you're ever feeling kind of disillusioned about wrestling and just realise, actually, there's a shit ton of classic stuff out there. Oh, and you can the watch app. one or two of them. And you're reminded by, actually, this is great work. This completely holds up. It, it's one of those times watching this match where the term less is more has that kind of meaning because they allow the match to breathe. And a lot of the times they're doing like it's it's kind of chop battles or they're out mm. to the outside. And the big move will be a vertical suplex, which we'll think nothing of. Which if you watched Robbie X versus Curtis Chapman, they're kicking out of fucking all sorts <laughs> in that, aren't they? Um, you know, whereas in this, like, no, it's 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 wonderful stuff. And when I say like simple and logical, like I didn't think we'd probably end up talking about it this much. So I was in my it's a pull for the app. It works. I, 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 I was trying not to get into the uh, I was trying not to get into the weeds too much, kind of thing. But like just the way it's set up, like match to match to match, kind of thing. Like in that first one, it's like there's a visual pin by Steamboat, but the ref's out. There's a visual pin by Flair, the ref's out. Then there's the the small package and the win. So like Flair's got an argument that you know that it was a different ref, you know. So he's he's totally justified in getting his rematch. Like in the rematch, there like at the end, that's there's um, Flair's got his foot under the rope, so that he's got justification for um, he's got justification for getting another match kind of thing to move on to the to the trilogy. And then they use them elements in each of the matches going forward for like near falls or reversals for falls. Such easy stuff. Create a reason why these two people should have go from one match to the next match to the ne- next match. and The belt changes between them, but then there's justification for the type of match changes. So the best of three falls come in on the back of two visual pinfalls and then an actual pinfall. Okay, yeah, we'll have a best of three kind of thing because there was, you know, essentially there was three pinfalls in that first one, you know, in the in in, in the last one as well, just, um, you, you know, just working that one back in as Flair's totally, you know, justifiable about getting his, getting his rematch. It's just... 
so simple so easy people don't need to be thinking about all these fucking ridiculous reasons why people should be having a feud or something like that just just lay just lay it on the line like that and, and and equally as well it's like you know even moving on to that flair funk stuff that you know talked about as as well there it's you know within the midst of that you know funk lost a match at halloween havoc there in the tag by gary hart towel accidentally getting thrown into the ring the next match of that it's an i quit match it's simple kind of, you know it's kind of okay you, you lost because your manager threw the towel in okay the next match is you've got to quit like you, you know so easy so straightforward and let's have a fucking bit more of that people there you go and <laughs> eddie <laughs> kingston did didn't he <laughs> that's a good question <laughs> and look i know and you were saying it and it was like and that's the reason we were all pumped up about it <laughs> there you go yeah but simple stuff like like that yeah like with aw like eddie kingston and moxley just let them just let them tour and have matches. There you go. Done. Don't, doesn't need to be complicated. I want the title and I don't like you. Yeah. Let's, have, let's have a match. <laughs> sometimes it works, doesn't it? Um, but yeah, obviously, like, yeah, if, uh, you know, you, sometimes you do have to go back to the classic stuff to uh, to get that feeling back and to, yeah, like, like you both said, if you're, if you're missing your, your love for wrestling right now and, you know, you're not interested in all the modern stuff we're about to talk to, so you can go in, can't you, Gareth? Throw, throw your ratings in the, in, in the grapple app. There's a lot of uh, a lot of retro uh, content on there that you can go back and rate. And, you know, if you disagree with us as well, or, you know, you think JP's four and a half is a sacrilege, or my five stars is too, uh, is too heavy for Ray and Eddie, you can go on there and give it your own rating. That's the point, isn't it? Certainly is. <laughs> <laughs> Always got to get that plug in. <laughs> I was going to say, there's a lot, a lot of work gone in there to putting the WWE data back in there back to 1985 and putting WCW back in there to the to the mid 80s and stuff like that. So yeah, if you if you are watching any classics along those lines, get your, get your ratings in. There you go. So yeah, um, obviously we've. Uh... We got our plug in for grapple. We got it out the way early, Gareth. But I suppose, I suppose we do need to talk some uh, some current that stuff. Sounds, that sounds planned now. <laughs> oh yeah, we don't plan nothing. Well, I've got it in my rundown sheet. I don't know. <laughs> Is there a rundown sheet? We're uh, we're proper workers. Us. We call it on the fly, don't we? Uh, none of this. Uh, none of this planning stuff out. Uh, might be why our podcasts go three hours sometimes. Well, what are you going to do? More content for the people. Uh, but yeah, we should. Uh, it's should a lockdown. S- there you go. What else do you want? What else you got to do? But yeah, we should get into some of the modern stuff. And that is a good segue talking AEW because let's start with some AEW and what they've been putting together this week. Bit of news coming out of AEW as well. We can talk about too. But yeah, let's let's talk this week's Dynamite. Don't often get to to talk. Or last week's Dynamite. We don't get to talk that at the the top very often. But I I thought it was another great Dynamite this last week. Very uh, speaking of retro, very nitro in uh, in some ways. That first hour was like all over the place, like as far as tonally, and there were things that really worked for me and things that really didn't work for me. Um, I feel like the talking point everyone's got to acknowledge is the uh, is the Tony Khan oversell of how big a an industry shaking moment we were going to get on the show. Um, that moment being Shaq. Uh, your mileage may vary on that for us as a as Europeans, maybe not as big a deal as uh, some of our US counterparts. But I still thought it was a, a really good show, and I thought that I love that segment. That 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 co- that weird Cody Rhodes segment, like at the, at the mm. first hour of the show. I don't really know what was going on. Like it felt like four different segments kind of stitched together, um, and half of it didn't work, and half of it really worked, but. I can't say I wasn't entertained. It was 
again, very WCW in that way. Like the the stuff with Cody and his promo was great. You know, Shaq getting announced was like a like a funny big moment. I thought Jake Jake Cargill was okay. Um, I didn't think she was as great as, as as I've seen like some reviews talk about her, but I didn't think she was terrible. It was a thankless role, really. It was a weird role. Why was she coming out to announce Shaq? And then we found out the reason she was coming to announce Shaq was so that Brandy Rhodes could come out and uh, and debut her uh, 18th character in uh, in AEW so far and uh, and be like the, uh, the the defensive wife. Uh, the good and the bad of AW in one segment, I reckon. That's purely Cody's genius of let me go in there and pretend I'm going to be asking for a rematch and actually it's going to turn into this big Shaq match. And then the negative is, can we get my wife in the segments as well? Um, but it was wacky. It was entertaining. I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, very nitro for me. I don't know what you thought. Uh, how about you, Gareth? Did it, did it work for you? Yeah, I think I was a little bit like you, really. I think the whole thing just sort of felt a bit all over the place. And, mm. Like, I was just confused. Like, did, did you know who Jane Cargill was before? No. I, was, I felt like I was... It's Jade, but yeah. But oh, no, Jade, <laughs> the right. answer is hey. therefore no. <laughs> there you go. Um, I felt like, am I missing something? Am I supposed to know who this person is? Is she some, like, pop pop culture kind of person or something like that? But So I was there having to, like, Google her like while I'm watching the scene to try and, like, find out who the hell she was. So I thought that was a bit weird i thought she was kind of almost presented like you should have known who she was or something like that whereas i don't know it was all a bit i thought that was a that was a bit bizarre i thought the actual announcement of shack was a bit again i don't know it was it, it felt it felt weird kind of thing it, it mm. sort of felt a bit understated or presented a bit incorrectly or something like that you know when the name came out and stuff it was it just i don't know it just felt a bit odd but um i don't know as i as as a whole, you know, I think the I think the scene sort of worked as a you know in its entirety. I think you know definitely. I think with the um, with the attack as well at the end coming out after that with like um, with uh, with Brian Cage and Ricky Starks and things like that coming out as well at the end of the at the at the end of it. You know, I thought as a whole it, it worked. But I mean, yeah, like you say, for me. I don't know. I'm not a basketball fan. You know, I know Shaq is, but he course, doesn't mean yeah. much to me kind of thing, you know, is uh, like, and I know he's a huge name and, you know, mm. stuff like clearly to an American audience, it's it's probably a pretty fucking big deal if, you know, Shaq's going to be having a match, I'm guessing, kind of, you know, kind of thing. But, um, but you know, for, you know, if one of the things I've kind of often wondered is, okay, well, what is the thing that kind of puts AEW in the mainstream? Who's that person that they can mm-hmm. get that's going to tip them over that million pound mark or, sorry, a million uh, viewer mark or make more members of the general public aware that this other wrestling organization even exists? You know, you know and this to me just sounds like perfect based on the profile that he's got, um, you know, he's got as a, as, as a sportsman. And, you know, you can imagine maybe not you know obviously we're not talking at the same levels as the you know mike tyson at the time and things like that but just in terms of putting a aw on the map a little bit more with the, the general u.s public you'd have thought this is something that's going to get like photos all over the sports pages in america and you know a lot of website coverage and things like that that the aw normally wouldn't have got so it just feels like a good a good get for me i think it's it's hurt isn't it jp but maybe i think that the negative to that me though is is the fact that I think we're all poisoned by the fact that WWE have done this stuff so often. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, when AEW tries something, like, like, even when they tried to bring Tyson in a few months ago, like, you remember Tyson from, like, obviously the big angle in 98, but then, obviously, he had, like, 
he had a match on Raw apparently in the mid two thousands. I didn't even know that. And Shaq's kind of got that as well. Like I think he was one of the mysterious general managers, and he's been on Raw and stuff. So it's was a, li- a Royal Rumble, or is that yeah? Uh, a I think twice effect. maybe. I think he did two. I'm pretty sure he, he yeah. did two Royal Rumble. So yeah, he does take the Straight shine up for a little bit. Show and probably walked over the top rope. I'm assuming. Yeah, that's <laughs> I it. I can't but, remember. But there's no one left. There's, you know, that's the thing. WWE mm. have done this with so many like big celebrities and done it badly. Um, all AW can really do is just do it, do it again, but do it well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they've also got the fact that he. It's. I'm assuming this is a TNT thing because yeah. Shaquille O'Neal is on. Was it in, inside the NBA on TNT? I know there's a reality show and the rest of it. And he is more of a pop culture figure than like certainly in like sort of popular culture than a lot of the kind of big basketball players i know it's all kind of post jordan and he's not at that kind of like jordan level (laughs) but like he's an enormous name like and he's and he's got that kind of cultural cachet and if they're creative with it and do it well and do stuff that involves maybe trying to get some of that nba audience in as well to watch it and to watch the kind of ridiculous nature of it but it's where they do it because i mean you know, they've made an announcement that they're doing Moxie and Omega on TV. And it makes you wonder, well, are they going to hold off this for a pay-per-view? Or is it going to be the case where, you know, it was talked about on Flagship, and it's a really simple point. Is it the case where the same 100,000 people buy the pay-per-views? And in fact, what you need to throw all of this into is to get those kind of spikes in TV ratings to be able to kind of draw that interest because then you want to get to be able to get the bigger TV deal. And then, you know, get TNT to kind of lock down heavily on AEW, by which point you're kind of secure. So, I mean, I laughed at lots of this segment when it happened. I was like, who's she? Shaq? What? Like, that was kind of my reaction. And I just started laughing. And I just thought, fuck it. Why not? Cody will have a bloody good go at making this work. And I'm intrigued. Hmm. That's the main thing, isn't it? And that's... That's the point, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, that's it. Like I say, it was it was just a weird, weird segment that made up part of that weird hour, first hour. Like I say, there's half of it I'm not really looking forward to. I don't want to see that mixed tag if that's what's coming. Um, but I do, I do want to see that singles match. Um, like, but yeah, it was just like I say, it was just a strange hour of telly because I like, get kicked off as well with that, and then we had that bad. Did, did you guys know that Dustin Rhodes and QT Marshall had a blood feud going on with the Butcher and the Blade? Like, I feel like I pay a lot of attention to AEW and this one, this one passed me by and then they went out there and tried to kill each other. You know, there's gushes out there and there's like spots off of fucking ladders and people trying to kill each other. And it, it was like this bloody match that I felt like I, I should give like four stars to on Grapple. It was like for a feud I did not know existed a minute before those, those four walked out onto TV. Fuck me, they went out there and killed themselves. That was like a, a weird pay-per-view quality match that I didn't see coming either. To be fair, uh, the bunnies probably turned about five times since we last recorded. There so, is that. You know, there, there, there is that. She's, she's definitely going for the uh, big show record, isn't she, there, for mm. the, the most uh, most back and forwards. But yeah, no, I was the same. I was like watching, like, I was conscious of that kind of, like, small element of, <laughs> of the storyline, but I certainly didn't have it pegged that it was going to be <laughs> this, like, brutal match on Dynamite with blood gushing everywhere kind of thing. And it was a mm. fucking hell of a match. Like, I was thinking, like, just for a 
Like, as, the, if this, as a standalone match, like, you literally could, though, just, like, walk into this. You, you know, they, they really got across, like, that hatred and, like, aggression. They just, like, went straight into it, and it was just, like, so high energy and, like, such a good aggressive brawl. And everything that it did felt like it, it really mattered and there was a purpose behind it. I was thinking, God, what a great, like, just for someone flicking the channels there kind of thing. What a great little, you know, throwaway match that actually you know might pull some people in or just give a positive impression of what AEW is all about and i fucking give qt marshall some slating over the you know over the episodes on here but I'll tell you what he needs to fucking get his jeans on and get his t-shirt on more often because um he, he looked a damn sight better as well than he had his uh than his, when he's got his wrestling gear on he actually looked like semi-respectable you know as opposed to this sort of portly balding old man kind of thing that he's looked like in you know doesn't look like a wrestler at all like here he actually you know he had a, a good look about him as well really and i was thinking yeah yeah just get him and dustin get get him dressed like this this is it was very again while i was in while i'm in this 89 wcw mindset it was it was very 89 wcw this so mm-hmm. for um yeah let's uh let's keep the keep them like this as two fucking badasses kind of thing not two not two wrestlers and i mean that fucking uh that fucking elbow that QT it off yeah. the uh, it was, I yeah. thought it was picture perfect. It was absolute God, it was absolute absolutely outstanding. But um yeah, I love this match. Really, really good. Yeah. yeah. Same. And I had a vague idea of the storyline. Like that was the thing. I, I was like because I remember thinking at the time when they did the angle and they had a turn back and, and, and just like thinking that's one of those pointless storylines you've just sort of introduced and dropped, which is led to this match apparently mm. which <laughs> says yeah this entire feud that had passed you by that you just jumped in on at the end <laughs> and like i kind of had a slight flashback to the um best friends versus proud and powerful match which was so much better than i had any expectation of it being and so much more vicious mm. it was like yeah fuck me I, I kind of felt the same way again and it is that idea that if you are going to start throwing stuff against the wall at least do it in an entertaining way at least do stuff that is somewhat entertaining i mean butcher and blade are kind of two of the most confused characters in AEW. they really don't make any sense on any level you know butcher is also you know he's a he's a henchman he's also a butcher and he also plays guitar in a band. Like, and they'll mention all of these things and you go, right, okay, what is he exactly? Yeah. Um, yeah, so that I, I, I just look at them as kind of like pretty much confused there. But it's the kind of it's the kind of reliable stuff. If you've got a two hour TV show and you're mm. just wanting to put on these matches, it's the kind of stuff that you should be doing. Mm. And like but you know, as much as I just say that about Butcher and Blade being confused, they've had a lot of regular TV time. Mm-hmm. Braxton Sutter is is good, yeah, and he's a really good hand. Yeah, he's and in the pack like, next week. Yep, yep. And do you know what? They're going to have a really good, tidy six-minute match, mm-hmm. seven-minute match, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's exactly what it should be. And he won't like kind of let you down. And he's in really good shape, and and all these other things. It's this. It's the things about the AEW mid card that I like that keeps you interested in all of them in a way. And we spoke about this, just this idea that there's reasons at least to care on some kind of base level about all these people, whether it's the work rate or the storyline or the character. 
I mean, this this was just a match that you just would not expect to see on TV, wasn't it? You're like you've been mm-hmm. conditioned like over the years to the types of matches that you used to, you know, WWE style and things like that that you'd see on Raw and SmackDown, and especially for like a mid card or lower mid card even even match. There's no way you've got two, two uh, or four people going out there and knocking hell out of each other the way this did, and have like blood gushing everywhere and things like that. It was just totally unexpected, and like consequently, just had like massive standout. And both of the both of these teams, their stock probably went up as a result of it, really, because they they just became much more credible and serious in the in the uh, in the eyes of anyone watching that. Like, mm. oh. Great stuff. Yeah, and you know, to the point you you mentioned there as well, JP, about like use of mid carders and use of like those kind of guys. Another thing I think AW does well. You know, we mentioned you know Pac's going to be with Brand- uh, Braxton Sutter next week uh, or the Blade. Uh, just just call them Braxton Sutter and Andy Williams. I feel like that's a better name. They're better names. The tag team can be the Butcher and the Blade. They don't need to be a Butcher and a Blade. Um, <laughs> but what I really like is that you know. You know, Pat, that was the other big story of this, that, you know, coming back to, to AEW. And unlike what you might see in other companies where, you know, Pac had that triangle thing going on with Penta and Phoenix, they'd moved on to being with Eddie Kingston. You could very much imagine in WWE, Pac comes back and he's just doing a separate thing. Whereas here, it's like, well, there's clearly a natural rivalry here. Let's acknowledge the elephant in the room that, like, Pac was supposed to be teamed with them. And let's do the feud. And we're going straight to that. And like you know, we're closing a twenty twenty dynamite with Pac and Eddie Kingston as the as a big match going forward. Like I never would never would have called that. Uh, but it's you know, even if it's a short lived feud, like I you know, I, I do think that's what we're gonna get going forward. And we can talk about you know the Omega Pop uh, Mox match in a bit being on TV. But you know, the next pay per view is not till February, so we've got time. So that's gonna be another big match for TV. You know, them two, unless you do hold it off that long. Um, I love that. Just that's something natural. That's right there. Make use of it. You don't have to be overly creative. They can they can have a little feud over who really is you know the leader of uh, Penta and Phoenix, and you know, and then we can move on. Uh, I really enjoyed that as well, and yeah, I enjoyed Pac's comeback, even if maybe I wouldn't have telegraphed it with as good as that video was the other week. I might have you know saved it and made it maybe more of a surprise, but still a great moment and cool to see Pac back on Dynamite too. Yeah, absolutely. It was just you know just seeing him come out and then just you know. I- how good he is on the mic as well, kind of thing, or how 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 good his character's got on the on the mic over the last couple of years with the the heel work. Yeah, I just loved loved seeing him there again, and just like you know, put with his facial expressions and the words he uses and things like that, and just immediately just getting you excited. And, and I think as well, especially like Kingston coming off the back of. Um, the Moxley run, you're thinking, okay, well, where does he he go now? And that was kind of always there in your background background of thinking like, oh, this could be the direction. But like, fucking hell, like, I'm excited for these two as these two as well. And again, it's probably for the same, you know, similar reasons really. And that you know that they're gonna they're gonna have some um, great sort of verbal confrontations between themselves. And then you know that for Kingston's negatives in the ring pack can more than like live up to it and sort of hold up that end of the bargain from his side and certainly pull something relevant um relevant out of it and you know they are gonna have like a you know a, a real strong aggressive match as well between those two those two so again i'm absolutely uh, absolutely pumped for that one and like you say just sort of see where it goes and it certainly doesn't have to be a one and done that you know this one can be you know you know this can end up in you know 
a, a range of matches and then obviously you've got the the pentagon phoenix thing underneath it kind of thing what's happening with those obviously on the back of uh the, the way that, that that match worked out with them and just the, if the split between them and where that di- the way that direction goes and sort of interweaved with what's happening with pack and, and eddie kingston as well just you know you, you've kind of got confidence that they're going to tell this story really well and at the back end of this feud you're probably going to have again four people who come out of it better than they were at this point in time going into it as well they're prob- probably just going to raise the um raise the raise the position of each of those guys and you know give them give them further direction and further areas to grow going into to 2021 as well so yeah totally up for this yeah yeah and just like again something else to look forward to um and yeah we've got that and, you know, like you said earlier, JP, we've got Omega Moxley coming up as well. Uh, Hall, mm. Wrestle Observer Hall of Famer, Kenny Omega, which I'm sure you, I'm sure you voted for, JP. Um, no. <laughs> me neither, because uh, I didn't put my ballot in, but I wouldn't have. Uh, <laughs> you, you can't put a 36-year-old in the, in the in your Hall of Fame. It's a joke. Uh, I'm not. No. I'm 36. 36 is young, honest. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I... I I don't know. We probably shouldn't get into the whole big conversation, but can Meltzer just not add ten years onto it? I feel like I feel like I'd be ready for this conversation in ten years. I don't need it right now. Uh, yeah, because then you can actually have a look back over the kind of entirety of the best part of someone's career. What did he do just in North America? Of... Did it work? Yeah, did, you know, did it take off? It probably will, but you know, <laughs> when I saw it, it made me think of the fact that Wayne Rooney had an. What was his first autobiography? How old was he? And it was like, oh yeah, this no, lad has no fucking story. <laughs> I went to school. I played some footy. <laughs> yeah, shagged a granny. <laughs> yeah, there was a weird time where all these people started texting their mates um, <laughs> when I was leaving somewhere. But I'll leave it at that. Um, yeah, like that kind of. It's just far too soon. It's it's ridiculous. Mm. It, it is it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I, sometimes the Hall of Fame comes through and there is like people I go, I have no idea who they are. Like, <laughs> I, saw, I saw Robert say that. He was like, yeah, Kenny Omega and three made-up wrestlers went in the Hall of Fame this year. <laughs> <laughs> Not far off. Um, yeah. Uh, we're uncultured fans. But it's, I mean, in some ways, for the gimmick, it plays perfectly into exactly what he's going to be doing right now. And like, my God, like that would be the ultimate Meltzer work, wouldn't it? If he'd done that, just rigged the Hall of Fame so he could put Omega in to kind of like sort of push him an AW. <laughs> Means that big list of money that Tony Khan is sending out to people that in no way looked faked or doctored. Um, <laughs> like, you know, they're not paying him enough <laughs> at that point. Oh. But as a match, sorry, I, I, I don't know if you want to like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm fascinated by this match absolutely fascinated by it and you know i agree i actually think put it on tv i think there's rematches and things like that i think this is the first attempt of like we're putting on some like a big main event on here that's could do more in terms of viewership and with a proper build of five weeks and that's the big asterisk in this it's kenny omega for five weeks so there's plenty of propensity to put some shit in there, isn't there? He's not going to be just doing dueling promos and stuff. You know, there's going to be some nonsense he'll throw into the mix. And it's like, what kind of happens there? But it also is the chance to kind of establish that big, classic 
TV main event that's kind of must-watch TV that you can use in promos as well and, and TV adverts and that it establishes like that kind of great dynamite match. And then you hope from that, that's where you get into your kind of your rematch and other things like that. That's where, like, so I get this. And also, when is the next pay-per-view? End of February? Yeah, the revolution. Is it new? I get it mixed up with the Impact one, which is like New revolution. Year's Revolution or whatever. Yeah. Last year's Resolution. Do we had one as well, didn't they? Final, Final Resolution. Final Resolution. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's one of them. <laughs> it is. It's, so, like, that's a long time to wait. Yeah. Like, if you're waiting for that. If the idea is to do this in front of fans. Hmm. And also, if it's on pay-per-view, how many more pay-buy rates are going to do? Hmm. I suppose that's the other thing as well. And in some ways, this is the way of raising the interest for the pay-per-views to hopefully burst into it. It's almost like the business plan year one, just get established. Get established, mm-hmm. don't go under. And they haven't done that. And they've dealt with it incredibly well as a startup, which is the thing that we often forget in this, is they're starting from scratch. Year two is the time to try and push more. So Shaq, that's where you're putting this kind of main event on. It's where you kind of see that you're getting the, the kind of Omega and Bucks that were there out there in New Japan and the indie scene. That was the the kind of thing that everyone was there. It was like that first year was just to sort of establish this whole group of characters. And now they're moving on to that bit. And again, they don't want to lose Moxie in for all of the kind of Omega talk as well, because he's had a series of really good main events and big, big matches. Mm. And he's always, I can't think of a time where really he hasn't delivered in, in any of those matches. And it's going to be fascinating to see the, the build up to this i'm just hoping they do a sensible build for the love of god because if you do that and you build up you're on to something you'd like to think yeah god i'm 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 so excited for this like like you say it's it's very easy for like moxley to get forgotten about in in the equation here because so much focuses on omega and you know when are we going to see the real kenny omega and all that and you know that the the storyline working working that way but you know, again, Moxley's just been absolutely top draw. He really, he comes across as a star, doesn't he? Like, you, you know, when you're watching things, when he comes out, even with those small crowds and things like that, you feel like there's an energy lift or something like that that's coming to the, coming to the arena. And, you know, you, you feel like you, you, you've got that, you know, that genuine element coming out, coming out with him. I think, you know, he feels like the perfect opponent for Kenny at this time with the way that the Omega character's going as well. And you can see the way the two characters are, they're going to sort of really rub off each other and play off each other probably quite well as that heel and that sort of everyman face, especially with the big over-the-top production that, that Omega's going for. Like, I mm. loved the interview with the, the Omega this week where he was saying, like, no, it's it, we're you know we're 0-0. There's no record of us having a wrestling match together because obviously it was a that unsanctioned match, wasn't it? The first one that they had, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. and I, was like, I was like, oh, cla- you know, classic heel stuff. Like, yeah, that yeah, we've 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 never never had a match before, you know, like uh, you know. So I thought I thought that was absolutely absolutely great. But I think that as well, the the whole idea of it being on TV um, is a massive positive as far as I'm concerned. Like again, like we've talked about AW needing to have that big you know high quality match that everybody gets the opportunity to see and really kind of demonstrate what omega can do and really put the aw style on the map and to me this just feels like absolutely perfect and like often things like this get announced and you go on twitter and people start like losing the shit like why is it not on pay-per-view and things like that and you it's almost like people think one thing has to happen in isolation and it can never happen outside of that situation you know that situation again like again i don't want to like 
harp on and get stuck in this flare steamboat kind of uh, bubble because it's what I've watched this weekend. But as an example for that, this can easily go three matches. They can have a series here where that you know it leads to the pay per view and the pay per view ends up in the big blow off match or something you know something like that while still being able to have two excellent matches on TV before then as you know to fill in the fill in the blanks between those points like there's there's absolutely no reason that that shouldn't be the case and then if if they do build it along that way and you have had two great matches on tv then you'd like to think that people will be buying the pay-per-view to see that blow off um, match in, in in february the the one that they you know they really really built to and again on that flare steamboat point of view that second one at the clash the clash was tv you know and they you know that wasn't mm. a the pay-per-view clash of the champions wcw gave away a lot of you know things there you know people often associate oh it was just the nitro era where they started giving away goldberg and hogan on tv and things like that you know they're putting flair steamboat on tv there and i know there's like reasons for it and there's you know those competitive elements about running against wwf pay-per-views and vice versa them running pay-per-views against wcw shows but you know, it's it's something that has happened in the past. It's not a new thing. It's not a disastrous thing. You know, mm. it's you know, it's it it can be a massively positive thing. And then when you factor in, like you said there, JP, about the, you know, the the TV revenue standpoint, if they're able to show like a significant spike in ratings there, or their ad revenues are going to go up that week off things like that, then, then you know what they're going to do walk away from the money no of course they're not kind of thing you know it makes every sense in that and they can they can use it as a as a tool to make even more money further down the line so mm. it all just feels perfect for me at this point i think you need it as well i think where aw there's been periods where aw has struggled where there hasn't been that pay-per-view to aim for like early on like there was a few there was like a few weeks of telly where it was like literally what are we aiming like that that christmas period last year where it was like well they're not aiming for anything and they and they they really struggled without it. It's like, you know, I've heard Impact thrown around as like the good example of, you know, you know, one of the few good examples you can use Impact for as they did this. You know, they started doing TV specials rather than doing pay-per-views. But I think Impact fell into that trap as well, where when there's just something about wrestling, I don't know what it is, whether we can't get out the, like the Monday Night War mind frame or what, but you need that thing to aim for. And if you haven't mm. got it, like... Wrestling just feels a bit aimless. At least TV wrestling does, and I don't think anyone's ever really cracked that uh, that code of just doing pure week to week. Maybe maybe a lucha underground or something like that. But um, I think you need that temple event. And like you both said, why not do it on TV? Why not pop a rating one week? And what's the maximum you can do with an AEW show up against NXT? I think we'll find out. I think that might, this match is big enough that we will find out what the maximum is. You know, as long as like WWE doesn't like counter program it with like you know war games or like. Starcade or what's another edition yeah. do you think they could do? They've already done Cold Miners Club. I was going to make a joke about that, but no, spin the wheel, make the deal. That's what they did, didn't they? Yeah. Robocop, capital... <laughs> Robocop on NXT, Capital Combat against Sam Shaw. <laughs> what's what's Sam Shaw's name now? Fucking um, oh, oh, Dexter right. Loomis. Yeah. Yeah. Dexter Loomis. Yeah, right on the right on the nose that because he's he's like yeah. Dexter, so let's call him Dexter. They go Dexter yeah. Loomis versus Robocop. Maybe do the wheel counter program with that. Um, but this is a bigger match as you can do. So, yeah, I think that'll be interesting. Or yeah. The Undertaker against um, Dexter Fritz or whatever his name is. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. Dexter Won't Fritzl. It? do that instead. <laughs> Thanks for the title uh, the show, JP. You, you come through shouting again. Dexter Fritz. <laughs> <laughs> he's fucking shit, though, isn't he? He was crapping impact. Who, Fritzl? <laughs> I don't think he ever came through the... It wouldn't surprise me, but I don't think he ever came through the doors at TNA. 
<laughs> you can build an extension, all right. I'll say that much. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but to the point that, like, what, what, what's what's foes of Dritzel doing in the impact zone? <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly what they've done. Oh. Fucking Christ. Yeah, Dexter Prison. Oh, that should be his name. The South. They could get away with that kind of angle there. No? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you, you watched those impact shows and was like, that's what we need. Yeah, let's bring that. Let's put, let's put him on our TV. Make, make, make him a push commodity. Uh, I don't know. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but... Yeah. Uh, on the AW point, uh, uh, anything else you guys want to talk AEW uh, before we move on to like New Japan and and the like? Uh, anyone got any thought, anyone got hot takes on that game? Uh, did we all watch the uh, the video uh, reveal yeah. of uh, of Kenny Omega playing Steve Jobs in a in a joke that would have been a forty five minute BTE skip but turned into a twenty five minute skip with I laughed at the Cody Rhodes bit. I've got to, I've got to be honest when he came out, yeah. but. Yeah, I mean, I say that though. I know I'm not the target audience. I bet you that BT audience lapped that up, um, and that's probably the gamer audience, to be honest. So I'll leave that in Kenny's trusty hands. Game looks ropey. Mm. I don't know what the fuck is going on with Kenny Omega's chest. Like it looks like someone's trying to tear it, tear it apart in that uh, in that video. <laughs> Jericho, just wow. I'll view the video as just a test of mechanics. <laughs> that's all it is. Yeah. It's not a finished version visually at all. It's mm. just an idea of this is a rough idea of how it's going to look and how the game engine works. So I think it's more that than anything else. And they have to have a game out and they have to have a mobile game out because you have to have presence and you have to have presence everywhere. So they had to do that. Um, it's the game. I think it's very arcadey. That's the kind of other takeaway I kind of took from it. And I don't know as someone who's been out of the loop with a lot of wrestling games, bar TW, but certainly sort of console games for quite some time, mm. I've always wanted something to go back to like WCW versus the world where you could yep. do like Misawa versus Sabu. And mm. I did like, and stuff like that. Just like, fuck it. I mean, obviously not the real names, but it was just like great being able to do that. And in some ways that was the kind of hope where you just got to run all of this stuff. Now, obviously, you've got a modding community and the rest of it. but um, Kenny will be in tune with that. It will be. It's just that I've, I've often, like, I bought the ECW game and I bought the TNA game, and both times they were, they were shit. Yeah. And it was like, oh, for fuck's sake. Ultimate sucks. X was good in the TNA game. They got that right. Mm, yeah. You, you just didn't get yeah. the mechanics of actual wrestling match down, which is a bit of an issue. And they used to always build up, oh, AJ Styles, he loves his games, he loves his games. And you just like, okay, all right. Does he? And it's just like, you play that and you go, fucking hell, I bet he chucked that one out, didn't he? Mm. Um, I yeah. don't know what he he's plays a, instead. He's a virtual pro wrestling fan. He's a man of taste. Um, uh, you see, know. yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, are we going we to launch the, uh, get the Twitch going again for it, JP? Maybe we'll do that. We'll do it. Uh, a staff, she's been streaming WrestleMania 2000 today. She's uh, she's in on that Twitch action. Maybe we could uh, we could join the kids. Yeah, I mean, I think we've got a very specific idea of what we want to do mm. for this, and the way it could possibly go, including like my one big booking decision that I want to make to kind of to do my Marty McFly moment. I think in wrestling as mm. much as anything else, um, I'm going to leave that for when when we do it, but. Yeah, yeah, we need to get on board with this stuff, like playing games. Like, I mean, my kids just fucking sit here and do it for the night. So, yeah, might as well do that instead. Don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> fucking Look, rambling. I turned into a gamer at the start of lockdown. I was like, I dusted yep. off my Xbox 360. I hadn't, I hadn't turned it on in about nine years. 
uh, installed FIFA 18 because it was the latest FIFA I could get. You know, I'm a gamer. Listen to my thoughts on wrestling games. Um, <laughs> no, I am like I am a huge fan of like the the, the fact that in the video they announced you know the, the no, no mercy um, showrunner essentially or game runner whatever the the term is is involved was positive to me and i know it's like the typical wrestling fan thing to go oh it's not been as good since no mercy and it probably is the old man thing to do as well but it's still fucking true there hasn't been a there hasn't been a a legitimate wrestling game for me since revenge no mercy nwo world tour and virtual pro wrestling where the matches feel like wrestling matches you can pick up virtual pro wrestling today uh virtual pro wrestling 2 and it feels like you, Kabashi and Masao, you have a match with them and you feel like you've had every bit of that match. You know, from hope spots to, you know, the big moves at the end to the big kickouts. Like, it is, like, it's wrestling. And that's what I'm, that's really what, I, I, like you said, JP, I can forgive the visuals of it if that's what we get at the end of the day, if mm-hmm. we get something a bit more uh, akin to that. Um, yeah. Gareth, you can buy it for the kids. Maybe they'll play. I just feel like I, I've just got, this is one of the things that I've got confidence in Omega with where I'm thinking like he's just so in tune to that world and kind of thing that, and with his position in the company, he's not going to want to produce something shit. He's going to want to yeah. produce something that's absolutely, you know, he gets, he, he's going to get what the, you know, it's the mechanics behind it kind of thing. It's the way it plays and things like that. He's going to understand that, kind of, you know, and, you know, that's, I'm pretty sort of like optimistic about that. You know, I haven't played wrestling games in in, in years. They, they just haven't, you know, they just haven't felt. I don't know. They, they just haven't felt enjoyable when you you're playing them because of the gameplay side of thing lacking of them. You know, it's the classic looks glossy as fuck and things like that, and get get the characters in and you know get the sort of visual appeal of them all and things like that. But if it doesn't play right, then it doesn't fucking matter for you know for for me as far as I'm concerned. Whereas this is one where I'm actually thinking. Yeah, I'm sort of quite optimistic here that they uh, they might actually produce a game that gets me wanting to gets me wanting to play again. And um, if they go down that WCW versus the World route and they've got their little videos of telling you who to pick at the start, then that'll just get my ultimate seal of approval. There you go. And yeah, and if you want to see those games getting played, uh, cheap plug for uh, Twitch.tv slash Stephanie Chase. You can uh, you can go and watch uh, Steph working through those games. Uh, I was watching a bit of that today. Um, that's the real stuff. Hopefully, this game uh, lives up to uh, to that stuff. Need to get a playing Wrestlefest. Oh, that's one. That's one. Is that is that your game, JP? Is that from your? Uh, I your I remember bunking off school, playing that in the Trocadero wow. in the West End with Paul Brown. <laughs> yeah. He's been mentioned a few times on this show. Yeah, <laughs> still not listening, but you know, we'll get him one day. Keeping the dream, keeping the dream alive. Um, I was gonna say, I mean, games aside, did you guys have anything else on AEW, or should we move on to New Japan? Uh, we didn't mention that main, there was a main event on AEW as well. Penta Phoenix, they had their match where they just walk around doing yeah. big moves and don't do any transitions in between. And I still gave it three and a half stars on Grapple because I'm a sucker for it. But uh, not not a good compatible. Like if you watch that back to back with Flair Steamboat, I think you'd be fearing. Uh, but I enjoyed it. That's my only other note on Dynamite this week. Don't know about you guys. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that. I think the the other sort of the main point I'd made here is I love the way that like AEW can just put that show out, you know, after, you know, straight after a, a big show, a, you know, pay-per-view and they've got none of the big stars wrestling. They've just got matches on there that it's, it's mid card people essentially. And all, all your big stars, they're just featured from an interview point of view or setting up, you know, backstage interviews or setting up future matches and things like that. Whereas um, again, in the past, I've like talked about this, how, 
they are good at holding people back and not just having people in your face all the time. Like again, I always you have to draw that comparison to WWE. You know, this is a sort of situation where you'd have somebody on a pay-per-view on a Sunday, you'd see them again on a Monday, they'd probably crop up on a Friday on SmackDown and then, you know, pop up again the following Monday and before you know it, you've seen them wrestle four times in a week and that big match doesn't seem quite so special anymore, whereas, you know, AWR, you know, very good at holding people back and just um, just uh, not need... not. For me, it's like, it's it's good because it sort of shows that commitment to the long term that they're doing and there's, you know, there's, there's not that thing of like, shit, we need the books on dynamite this week because we've got to be nxt because they beat us so in overall viewers like a week ago or something like that they just stick to the plan they know what they're going to do there's no kind of like reactionary um you know element to things like that and that just you know totally again gives me confidence for the for the long run really that they can they can do things like this and they're, they're not shitting their pants over oh we're going to lose a hundred thousand ratings here or there just because we haven't got Kenny Cody books Jericho wrestling kind of thing let's hold them back and let's get the people very excited for when they they do see them sure yeah they they can't be too overly reactive to some of these ratings because they are lower but it's also at the point where all t- interest in the news is at an all-time high mm. you know there is gonna there's still like especially for a US TV audience there's a lot of things going on that people are keeping an eye on as well as a global pandemic so I think it's more the idea that you're on an upward trend and that it feels like that key demo doesn't particularly fall a lot, that they maintain a rating. They've got a partner who has got a lot of, you know, has made a big investment in them, but also seems very happy with them as well. I know Cody was talking about using a lot, of, using some more songs, I think. I don't know if that's from the Warner Brothers library and things like that. That's, that's kind of important. Mm. So, yeah, it's, it's, good steps mm. and it's following a, they've only had really the one pay-per-view blip overall mm. so they're like since tony and tony you know you talk about the 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 wrestling of uh observer hall of fame but i mean i think tony khan's gonna be winning booker of the year particularly it was his fucking first year at ever doing the job in real life yeah yeah, after years of probably playing that and doing it on EWR, obviously. Um, I mean, if I turned up at Shamrock Rovers now, no, <laughs> I, I wouldn't have taken this incarnation of the side through to the past the group stages of the Champions League. Which is fucking hard, by the way. Um, like, but if I took him to a title and then out, and you, you'd be like, well, that's actually quite impressive for his first go. Yeah. So it's like he's had a crack at this. He should give up on the Fulham stuff. Just throw that out there. Yeah, throw the footy manager in the bin. Yeah, push. Yeah, just don't get involved with it, mate. Own the club. That's that's your prerogative. But yeah. Well, I mean, on that point, like speaking of, you know, Booker of the Year, I think you're right. Tony Khan's going to get it because, you know, he's not going to fucking get it. Ghetto. Um, <laughs> I've carved out the section of the social talk, New Japan. Like we've all, we're also going to talk. Don't worry, everyone. We've got a bit of Rev Pro to talk, bit of talk and shop, bit of impact. Um, Maybe a bit of Tokyo Joshi Pro, but we'll see. Um, probably, not. <laughs> probably not. But like, actually, I think you might have time, JP, because I don't think this is going to go long. Like, did we all know Tag League and uh, <laughs> Best the Super Juniors was happening? Because I was shocked on Sunday when I found out the Billy Show that morning. Um, yeah, I was, I'll be honest, like, I've been working from home like these last two weeks. This is my first experience of doing it. And like I've said a few times on podcasts, and I said on BDW, oh, I wish it was G1 season. That'd be great. And then, like, instead, we got tag league season. And I had it on, and honestly, 
it made me want to do my work. I was I was more productive doing my work. Like I wanted to concentrate on my work rather than <laughs> this fucking like honest to god, it was like there's background viewing and then there's whatever this is. Like I've watched two shows and I really don't think I could tell you a thing about them. They were just on. They were just shows. Like maybe the main event of day one. Okay, there is that. Uh, you know, Hiromu's always gonna deliver. But like, especially the tag stuff, like I'll tell you what, lads, I wasn't wishing for Gorillas of Destiny to come back into my life or Bad Luck Farley to turn back up again or Chase fucking Owens, that's that slime ball to turn back up on my TV. I didn't need it. Didn't need any of those lads. And yeah, honestly, like if there's ever a... Uh, I wish my... A lot of times I wish my boss isn't listening, but my boss can't listen to this one because yeah, I had it on and it, it definitely didn't distract me from my work that much. Uh, I really haven't got any huge takes. I don't know if you guys have. Like, yeah, have you been watching a long guy? I mean, I, I watched I watched on Sunday um, live, and I felt like I was just sort of staring blankly at the screen, kind yeah, of thing for yeah. the for the majority of it. There was like as much as I don't like a lot of the wrestlers that were involved, I was thinking, oh well, at least there's going to be some new, like, fresh faces to kind that we you know we've been used to seeing the same people for so long, kind of thing. That, but then. And then I realised, oh yeah, they're all people who I'm not bothered about at all anyway, kind of thing, or I, you know, I actively dislike sort of thing. So that um that definitely wasn't a positive. And and then today's show, like I literally had no idea there was even a show today until I think I did my usual and like on my lunchtime I went on uh, I went on uh, your Twitter feed, Benno, on your tw- <laughs> on your tweets and replies just to see if there'd been any uh, any shit storms. Oh, yeah. <laughs> any, any shit storms in wrestling today. That's sort of my daily routine. I know I know where to go to find it if there is a, if there's any bother. Somebody did the same, mate. Somebody's <laughs> going to have commented on it, and then I, I saw you commenting on Tag League. I was like, what the fuck? There's a Tag League today, and then like mm-hmm. then hastily put it on the app, kind of thing. But like, I had I had no fucking idea, and, and you know, like. I didn't. I didn't care, kind of thing. You know, I was like, looked at the lineup. I've ended up watching like the last two matches from today's show today, but like that was almost felt like more out of duty than necessity, kind of thing. Like I was looking at it and I was thinking, is actually is there any reason for me to be watching this? Is it going to have any bearing long term or anything like that? Mm-hmm. Uh, probably, probably not. Is it going to impact impact my enjoyment of like the dome or something like that? No, probably not. And you know, again the the bland averageness of what was there on Sunday was was just like... It's like if you like B-Block, do you want 11 matches of it? <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was, isn't it? Perfect. Yeah. 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 This, okay. is, this is why I couldn't bring myself to watch it. I've watched one New Japan match in the last week and it's got nothing to do with either of these tournaments mm-hmm. because I'm so... like The most hype thing I think for New Japan is that usa tournament they're doing because mm. that seems genuinely intriguing into some the directions they could go in and the rest of it and the ramifications of it but yeah i just couldn't bring myself and you look at the lineups and the only hope i ever think tag league has for me is the surprise lineups mm. and or they flirted with it more last year you had the kind of mega star lineups the kind of like you know you know you Tanahashi and Ibushi type like tag teams where there's just real star power in there mm. but it just doesn't have this for me I heard people say the main event on the opening day was was good I can't I, I don't know if I'll ever get around to watching it I have a feeling that I'm probably going to end up joining in somewhere near towards the end and using the app to dip in and out of to find out what was worth following up because 
it, it's it's like they're obliged to do this, aren't they? To mm. get through this, to create a couple, a few more, a couple more matches mm. at the dome and give everybody something to do. Yeah. So therefore, here we are. And it's it's every year as well. It's not new, is it? Like every year, tag leagues are oh. slog. But I don't know. And you <laughs> want to believe it could be good. It just never is, is it? It's a it's a gang of people you don't want to see with a with a pin eater as their partner. Like it's just it's rough. It's rough every oh. year. But I don't know if it does feel that little bit more rough this year, uh, just because there is a little bit of you know now that the G one's over, there is a lot of you feel like there's a lot of fatigue out there with New Japan in general, um, and this isn't really gonna uh, gonna light anyone's fire, is it? What? I mean, we were talking before about like less is more, and like I just feel like that's where I almost feel like with like New Japan, we were, we were so, you know, there was almost like that kind of like excitement and anticipation while we were on lockdown of oh when New Japan comes back kind of thing, and we were all like excited for yeah when New Japan starts, that's at least we've got that to sort of cling on to, and then and then now it just feels like they've because everything's been pushed back they've had to they've condensed so much into such a short period of time that it's everything just feels like so oversaturated and you've just had like too much of something that a lot of what they've booked has been bad things that we've been overexposed to as as well so you've had things like the whole evil thing has been like it, it might have stretched out. It, I'm not saying it would have been like good, or but it might have been a bit more palatable if it was stretched out over, you know, 14 months kind of thing, as opposed to it all feeling like it's been condensed into eight months or six months even kind of thing at this at this point as well, with a bit more space between them. And just from a sheer volume point of view, you know, the the number of matches with like New Japan Cup and then G1 Climax, and now, now moving on to to this, it just feels like it's it's just. It's just too much, and then when a lot of these people are just turning up time after time again, kind of thing with little, I don't know, little strength of storytelling behind them or little direction behind them, like yeah, it just feels like God. Let's just kind of get through this, as opposed to let's have it as something I actively want to enjoy. Yeah, I, I watched it today, and there was like a moment with um, the Gorillas of Destiny. They were going up against uh, Bad Luck Farley and Chase Owens. So what's going to happen? And you can tell the lads in the ring are like, oh, this is this big moment. It's Bullock Club versus Bullock Club. Like, no one fucking cares, lads. No one cares about you. You don't count. Like, it's rough, man. Like, I, I was going to say... Oh, sorry, JP. I was going to say, if I could make a recommendation then, like, don't watch a lot of this tournament. Oh, don't. Watch, watch a little bit of New Japan Strong if mm. you want to see some, like, kind of, like bizarre possible scenarios because i watched what was a tom lawler versus darren young Mm. on new japan strong which was really good fun they've given tom lawler a stable it felt completely different from everything that was going on in in japan it felt a bit more fresh and exciting Mm. and i watched that match i didn't watch the others because the main event was tamatonga versus pj black (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah nope no way um but it's still got like kind of alex zane on there um for now yeah for now um and blake christian for now probably (laughs) um and an ach so there's like it's intriguing in a different way because you just don't know what you get what you're going to get with it but Mm. i'd almost argue this tom lawler fred rosser match was one of the better strong matches that was on there and lawler's great yeah and it just made me think have him in a never title run. Oh, he doesn't have to win it. Fucking hell. He would add something different and they play up the MMA stuff all the time. Yeah. But he still wears the jorts. Mm. 
and he comes up JT Kratos and Russ Taylor. He's, hang on, he's wearing the jaw to New Japan. He is, he's wearing the jaw. Oh, you fucking not. And they've given it. him the team filthy stable like in MLW. Oh, wow. And they come out and hold like a fake sort of UFC thing <laughs> for him. And then he comes out like that and then he wrestles like a very submission-based game. And, and mm. in fairness to, to Fred Rosser, which doesn't sound like it really should be a wrestling name, but again, <laughs> here we are, um, is his real name in his, in his defence. Um, so... But it's it's it feels quite wild. <laughs> it's no Richard Lovemate. No, that's true. <laughs> uh, Richard Rude as well. Oh, that's a good one. Um, double O. Benson but yeah, Richards. I, 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 I like because that tag league and the others. I, I I was gonna click on it and I was like, ah, fuck this! Uh, I, I can't be bothered. That's the ultimate obligation is watching this show. Well, and you, I thought I can't do this. You get big moments like uh, Jeff Cobb was X. I know you were a big fan of that, Gareth. Uh, Jeff Cobb, you know, in his uh, in his Great O'Connor's partner, who's fucking terrible, by the way. Can we all just admit Great O'Connor's crap? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got that. You know, big storyline developments. That not float your book, I mean. Gareth? I mean you know, talking before about logic and, you know, I said this idea that, like, Jeff Cobb pinned Osprey clean in the G1. He pinned him clean in that, like, penultimate match. And then now he's just, like, why is he now just going into being the stable as well, under, under with and, Osprey? Like, and they don't even use his music for the tag team. They come out to Great O'Khan's music. Like, <laughs> he's lesser than Great O'Khan. <laughs> It's just like, uh, I don't know. It, to, to me, it felt like, again, it felt like the perfect opportunity. to. I know their hands are tied a bit and things like that, obviously, with COVID and everything like that. But, you know, it seemed, they don't seem to have too much trouble trouble getting people into the country now. But that just doesn't, that just feels entirely illogical to me. Why Why on earth is Jeff Cobb now happy to be subservient to the guy who he just pinned a few weeks ago? And, like, in theory, that should have, like, put him a, notch further up the ladder and now he's just going oh, what is he now he's just his his henchman or someone who's just going to be eating pins for him in tags or whatever which he should be future or... but if you're going to do that yeah <laughs> well, you know it's, you know because if it if is it's, it's not like Cobb's rising to the top of this ranks is he no. kind of thing now so what was the point in that i know it was a mechanic to get point, to, you, to your final day and your points kind of thing but come on at least this was one of the things that new japan would be classically like praised for would be the thinking ahead of like the small the small details of things like that and as, as for me as soon as the small details start to go then then you lose faith in what they're doing at a bigger level as well because it feels like their eyes off the ball a little bit and their attention to detail's gone a bit and again you just wonder if it's this packing so much into a small amount of time and trying to you know trying to achieve a couple of things that they've clearly tried to achieve this year that hasn't worked whether or not it's just like fuck them fuck them big picture a bit and like maybe they do just need to I don't know, maybe a little break would have been good for them as well as for us from watching their product of not trying to book a million shows here and just take a step back and go, okay, how do we get on the uh, on the route to the to the Dome as effectively as possible and how do we make sure that the storylines are tight and the thinking behind them and like the small like breadcrumbs that we put in there along the way are all gonna are, are all gonna work because it, it certainly doesn't feel like that at the minute with on one point of view of the quality of the shows that are putting out but some of these details here like that whole flawed logic that i think when we recorded we recorded last week i had no idea that ibushi was getting that title shot on the first day and like <laughs> the more i've just yeah. like stewed over that in the whole the last week i'm just like 
what the fuck is going on here? Like, how the hell is that, like, amounted to this situation? It's just totally blown a hole in, like, the whole year, basically, in, in terms of the way that the G1 works. And then it's, like, blows a hole in your sort of interest and buy into the G1 like next year this it was like a, a little sort of stain there that's going to need to be washed away really kind of thing over over a couple of years so yeah. I like that I don't know I'm a I'm not um I don't want to go full uh Joe Lanza from having listened to Voices of Wrestling this week but I'm I'm definitely not feeling it with with, with New Japan here and as you know I'm literally looking down this list of matches here for anything to say on this day and a half that I've watched and it's not there's not much there like shows like I, I've enjoyed watching Shingo yeah of course yeah I've enjoyed watching Shingo he's always going to be good shows looked good again kind of thing in the one match that I've seen of him and of course he is that match was good the main event but it was kind of almost did it it you know it wasn't at the level that they've worked at in the past um Hiromu and Ishimori you know it was a very good match and maybe it was kind of nudged up slightly because of the average dross that went before it really you know made you feel like it was maybe slightly better than it was you know it, was, it certainly wasn't anywhere near that best of juniors uh, final that they had in 2018 you know it was a, it was a, a totally a totally different level to that and then even again today I'm thinking about what stood out for me of them two matches today like probably with Tanahashi and Hanari getting a bit longer to work this time like Hanari it was good to sort of see him stand out and you know he, he you know he, he stood out in that match with Zach and Taichi today but again if these are the if these are the small things you're getting just like looking for these little bits of enjoyment that you're just getting out of show or Hanari or things like that then like really is that why we're watching I, th- I think I'm I don't want to be like shameless plug for the app kind of thing but I think I'm well. going to be doing the same same as JP here and I don't think I'm going to be, you know, I'm, I'm probably not going to be putting these matches up live as they happen. I'm probably not going to be watching them myself live as they happen. And I'm going to be looking and saying, okay, if there's someone there that's like averaging at three and a half or above, then I'll probably give it a go. But I'm I'm certainly not going to be sitting down and watching 10 days of this across both tournaments, especially when when we broke it down last week and we looked at the participants in the, you know, the the um, the American shows that, that JP is talking about there, the tournament that they've got running side by side. That Way looks more like interesting. some more more interesting stuff there, and it's been booked slightly differently as well, probably. Yeah, that's it. And you know, to to your point, you know, Hiromu and Taji Samori has got an average of above four right now, four point oh nine. So you know, there is a recommendation in there, isn't there? But I don't know. It's funny though. I'm, I'm actually just looking at the app, and I'm thinking you're just better, Gareth, because they've made you put an extra category in because <laughs> there was best of the super juniors and tag league at the same time, and they made they made you have to like merge them together as its own standalone thing. Gay though, just messing up with the uh, the graph. Algorithm, I bet you weren't happy when you put that in. <laughs> I, was, I, I was fucking fuming, actually. On a, I was, <laughs> That's the real thing behind all this. <laughs> because because on, um, I, I thought I genuinely thought that it was like one day it was best of the super juniors, yeah, the next too. day was tag lead, and it was gonna be it was gonna be like that. And then when I when I turned it on on Saturday morning, and I went on the New Japan website to look at the schedule so I could like get it all set up to to put in the spreadsheet, and I seen it was all like it was. Both tournaments on one day, I was just oh, so I was flipping. I was absolutely fuming. I was thinking, you've totally fucked with my categorization here. Like, how dare you? Normally, like to be fair to to be fair to them, they have given me like two years or three years at oh, twelve year, two years that the app's been app's been going of like being able to go on there and see the match order, like schedules correctly, kind of thing. Something that I wish WWE or something would do. So they they've won a bit of favour with me in the past, but uh, I'm not, I'm not fucking happy about this. Totally blown the consistency. <laughs> Out of it. Sorry. 
Yeah, though, your brother in spreadsheets letting you down here. I can't believe it. <laughs> um, I do want to pick up actually what you said before, though, as well, JP, about Alex Zane. That's an interesting one. Like, having his doing the New Japan US shows and it not carrying over to unfortunately and going to Japan. Instead, it, he's signed with WWE, you know, outright porter by Meltzer. Uh, I'm not going to go on a rant. I think people might have been expecting that. And I did do the uh, the tongue-in-cheek tweet, um, trying to take money, uh, food off his table. That's all I'm trying to do. Um, but I don't know. It's a little bit different than Ben Carter. For me, Ben Carter was so young. And like I just mm. feel like Ben Carter had you know a lot in front of him as far as like what interesting things he could do. Alex Zane's a bit older, more grizzled. You know, has been around you know only on people's radar the last couple of years since that backyard show really for gcw um but you know he's a he's a veteran and i get it someone puts a contract in your face especially in you know covid times you're gonna take it if anything i'm more mad at new japan for not you know for not putting a contract in front of them uh if, or maybe if they did it wasn't you know it wasn't something he went for but you know the say i haven't certainly seen any report and like that i'm sad that did happen to be honest i would have loved to see him uh make it over to america um but you know the uh the warehouse must be filled so you know he's been signed up by i, I don't see i i really don't see them pushing him i know people people are stronger on that than i am but i just don't think he's got a look or a style do we like the ceiling like with ben carter's ricochet and we've all seen what's happened with ricochet and it's not only him they've signed up, they've signed uh, the Rascals as well. You know, the Impact's going to mm. be uh, going to be a bit weaker now going forward. I don't know what WWE need with these dudes, but, you know, to be clear, happy for Alex Zane, the man. Uh, nice bloke, follows me on Twitter. Um, sad for me as a fan, not getting to see him, uh, you know, do a New Japan tour or see him on any more GCW shows. Yeah, it, but at the same time, like you said before, it, it's kind of what, in some ways, it's it's a reward, isn't it, for all those kind of years of toiling, isn't he? Is he, is he in his mid-30s? Is that right? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, at that point in time, you've done the starving artist thing for quite a while, haven't you? Mm. And it's, it's at that point where they seem like they need fresh faces mm. on NXT, but at the same time, they've got so many other people under contract, so it's it, it becomes a case of does he get lost in the shuffle? Because mm. it even feels like, you know, Where's Ben Carter at this point? Um, Enfield. Yeah, exactly. Um, And I've been there, and you'll want to be getting out of there soon enough. I'll tell you that. Um, It's it's a nice story, though, isn't it? Because Alex, he went from literally doing that backyard show for GCW, where he did that big spot off, like the roof of like a garage that was gift to hell, turned it into a GCW booking, turned that into Ring of Honor in New Japan, and as you know, turned it into WWE, as much as it makes me sad. You know, there is a... It's a nice story. It's just maybe not the end that I wanted. Well, true. I mean, and I know this may be taken in a slightly different direction. It also said, when you mentioned thinking of it, thinking about well, what happens if you are leaving WWE, a bit like Zelina Vega, and all the. Did we, we didn't mention any of that stuff, did we? Oh, fuck, yeah. We've yeah. talked Twitch several times as well. I haven't even mentioned yeah. And it just kind of made me think of that. Also, I saw it in my notes. Um, <laughs> that it, that was, well, not letting those five lines go to waste. Um, <laughs> worked bloody hard on that. But yeah, it, we, it, we told it you we called it in the ring, everyone. But it's that kind of big unknown of what is the world out there. Now, in Zelina Vega's case, mm-hmm. it's stuff that's really kind of non-wrestling, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's her Twitch. It's her OnlyFans. That's the kind of stuff where she's in charge and she's the content creator and owns all of that. And then it was reported it's more than what her downside is, which is obviously based on house show kind of bonuses and the rest of it and possibly those kind of bigger show 
bonuses, which is incredible when you think of how good she has been in the role, that she has been that undervalued for that length of time. And the way they've used her on the main roster is terrible because there's, mm. there's money in her. Yeah. Like, like, and it, as, as a kind of figurehead now, you would say like, in terms of there's op- the options being out there. I mean, you would say in normal circum, I mean like an AEW, but they've got too many managers and I don't think she's good enough as a wrestler to kind of stand out in the way that they would need her to as well. So it's, like, but then there's always places that you can flit in and out of, and it appears that universe of flitting in and out of, say, an impact and not being under official contract and working somewhere else, there's more scope for that to happen. Yeah, which might be another option for people who want to keep control of all of the stuff. And we'll mention talk and shopper mania and stuff like that. But like that, hopefully, not mention it for too long. But the idea is they control that content, mm. and again. Like by doing this and doing this on social media, it keeps WWE employment practice, the independent contractor stuff out there in the open Mm. again, which is like the worst thing that they can do. And this is something where like you're basically, it'd be like my work clamping down on me doing this podcast. And at the same time, I'm out of hours. I'm not in work. Mm. And you know, do you know what I mean? Like you're clamping down on what people are doing in their own, in their own spare time and if Mm. they're making a few quid out of it fine what's it got to do with you Mm. and that's an employer not an independent you're not an independent contractor either which does make it different i know people are bored of that conversation but it does make a difference um it does and bruce pritchard gets to have all of the benefits while simultaneously recording his podcast yeah there's money in what he does as well because like that was the other thing about zelina vega and we were going to talk her everyone promise it was going to come up um like i've got the numbers here and we're there like you know, somebody that I was reading, I think it was Sean Ross Sat was uh, was talking about like you don't realise she makes more money from Twitch than she does the WWE. And somebody crunched mm. the numbers and they were like, Yeah, she she's got like fourteen thousand subs on Twitch, all paying three dollars, you know. I can you know, I'm sure Gary can do that that, that mat on that on the fly, but like that's you know, that's probably like five hundred K, like probably. Like, you know, if you had ads that you get on Twitch two K a month sponsorships, like that is that's a lot of money. Like and I you know, I, on the one hand, like I made the joke on Twitter and called her Comrade Zelina because she, um, the, the beautiful thing she did was when WWE were about to announce she she'd been sacked, she got in there quick and said, "Did that to right. support and unionization?" I think there's an element great, to that. Great working. Oh, yeah, yeah. beautiful, Super. beautiful. But she's also looking after herself, isn't she? Because you know, as a as an independent contractor, she was making this money on the side, and she was perfectly entitled to. You need fucking wrestling when you can when you can make that on the side. Uh, but absolutely crazy story. There, there has been a further development on this. I don't know if oh. you've seen it reported, but the but it's not specifically about Selena Vega. It was someone who replied, which was the um, SAG AFTRA president Gabrielle Carter. Oh, I did see that. Yeah, where the and um... that's like. And you're talking in unionization again, aren't you? Mm. And being a, this is a different way for WWE performers to be kind of unified if they're performing in front like avenues like Twitch. Mm. And that hopefully would kind of change it because you're thinking about people like, does that include like influencers and the like? I, I don't really know. But mm. again, it's not the kind of game you want to be playing here. Mm. But, um, yeah, she got extra bounty points for just jumping onto the unionization thing ASAP within that within time. I was like, that was great work for the for, 
for me, it's just one of these things that I just hope that like more and more wrestlers are just going to see this, that they can, you know, they can make money outside the handcuffs of WWE. And we just get some people who grow a fucking set like in the, you know, and because we've had this such a long run of people who've just been like, WWE has been the only show in town, the only place that they can make any, you know, real money. So then that change in mindset of the wrestlers these days compared to the mindset of wrestlers in the 80s or 90s who, yeah, if they don't like something, an element of their creative, no, I'm not fucking doing it. If they don't like a finish, no, sorry, I'm going, I'm leaving the building kind of thing, you know, and just like people not being scared to, you know, go go against the powers of B, whereas now... We've had such a long period that everyone's just been shitting themselves about being made unemployed and then having nowhere to to go and like make any money on the back of it. That that whole culture's just changed. So everybody's just like laying down and just taking you know taking the the scraps of food from the table of the WWE that they're prepared to prepared to give them or share with them, and then you know you know not actually like have that strength of character to stand up for themselves and do something else. And you know hopefully. We're just seeing these sort of small steps come into play here where there are alternatives out there with like obviously with AEW, but then also just with alternatives of just being able to self-promote and use their own names to like make money through different avenues as well. So that they're not like stuck feeling like, yeah, I've got to go and like accept this, you know, whatever. There's 80 grand on the table here to go and sign with NXT kind of thing. Well, actually, no, I could work fewer indie dates and do something else or i could sign for aw or i you know i could you know i can i can make money off my own back by using these various digital channels that are open to me and things like that which hopefully my well my personal hope is that this next generation now of wrestlers that you've got coming through they've to- they're seeing a totally different landscape than the likes of your you know your kevin steens and people that generation of people that came through like for them the target had to be to get to wwe because that was only the only way to make any money whereas now there are different targets people can have i think there's a lot of ill feeling towards the way that wwe treats people and i don't think that seeing those three letters on a paycheck are the same pull or the same target for younger people that they maybe were 10 years ago or 15 years because you know because people aren't necessarily seeing it as the the best place in town or the place where you can make more money so yeah with a bit of luck you know we, we might be sitting here in five years six years you know talking about people actually you know turning wwe down and choosing to go down other channels or people like letting their contracts run out and just walking away and whether it's they go to aw or they just do their own thing then you know hopefully hopefully we might see a bit more of that because as much as like i'll slag wwe on here and as much as you do I think it's fair to say we both all we, or we all wish it was good kind of thing. We all mm-hmm. wish that the, the best show in or the biggest show in town was actually putting a product on that we were interested in watching that had compelling storylines and compelling characters and was putting on great matches because the wrestling industry as a whole would be like healthier if that was the case. And it's going to take some kind of like monumental shift in mindset amongst the workers themselves, probably that's going to make WWE think, Oh shit, actually we need to change our thinking here and we need to put a bit more effort in here because people aren't just going to lie down and take it off us. And, you know, fingers crossed. We'll, we'll see that. Yeah. That's it. Um, yeah. I, I think it starts, as you said, JP with like, I didn't expect Selena Vega to be the one, but it starts with wrestlers standing up for themselves. Like I would love, Love some of those uh, those commies in WWE, Sami Zayn, Daniel Bryan, to pipe the head up. 
Tommy Ends, where's he? I'd love to hear. I'd love mm. to hear. Alex Black, are you going to stand up for his uh, for, for his partner? Um, I don't know. I think that it's going to take that though, isn't it? It's going to like this is a great step, and it was a great tweet. But you need that follow up, don't you? And like you say, that involvement of you know the the the, the unions and, and that involvement of of people who can actually do something about this. You know, the the there is question out there about you know how much can. Um, can can Yang really do about this? Um, you know, how much power does he really have? Um, but it's all positive noise, isn't it? And it's positive pressure. So yeah, let's hope that uh, that you know we will be looking back on this in a few years and saying Zalila Vega was the start of something. Uh, <laughs> Alex A made the wrong call. Uh, ben Carter made the wrong call. Um, yeah, it, it, she's she's the person to follow. So we got a bit of a, got a bit of a New Japan talk in there, a bit of unionization talk in there. Um, all flowed together, all worked very nicely, all very planned. Uh, yeah. But uh, I suppose uh, I'm going to throw it out there to the floor now. What what do we talk next? We've got a, a few stragglers left to talk. Maybe in this last uh, forty minutes or so, we've got talking shopper mania. We've got you know apparently impact on the pay per view this weekend. Uh, bit of Dragon Gate as well. Uh, bit of Tokyo Joshi Pro also, obviously. Uh, I don't know what, what, what's uh, what's big on your agenda. Go on, JP. I'll let it be a dealer's choice for this one. I'll say Dragon Gate because okay. we never we never really talk about Dragon Gate, okay. which is something that I've been thinking about a lot while watching Dragon Gate. Mm-hmm. To be honest, with you. And, and I say this, I've watched two matches from the <laughs> Kobe World Festival show, um, which was the opener and the main. Um, but I saw it with the English English language, and it's a really funny one, isn't it, Dragon Gate? Because we we all often say it's our blind spot, and it's like, well, why oh, is it our blind spot? Yeah, but it's the second biggest pro- promotion in Japan. Mm. Like, it is. It's bigger than DDT. It's bigger than Noah. It's bigger than all Japan. Like, in terms of, like, the big shows and, like, even the kind of level of production values as well, it's just like, and it's got lots of great young wrestlers. So this should be, like, the destination place to go to if we're disillusioned with New Japan. But, there was like the things that I found kind of when watching it is that while that happens, it feels like there's a level of investment required in storylines. And um, it's, and I'll say it bluntly as well, it's just too many chiseled young blokes. <laughs> it's just like it's a permanent audition <laughs> for J pop. It's fine. I'm kind of used to it, but it just is like just constantly there and it's just like kind of all wacky outfits and like I, I put the line in it's like there's not enough grizzled bastards which is ironic you mentioned pack earlier on and he was there as well and we all described ben k as the lord and savior of brit rest at the time didn't we as a result <laughs> of going ahead and doing that um which might is that the last time we went back and watched Dragon Gate? Quite Probably. possibly. Match of the year um, time. Yeah, but it, it was, it was like that. I don't know if they're the reasons, like in, on a kind of much more serious level, that it's more to do with who it is aimed at and who it's targeted at. It's just clearly not me. Therefore, there is something that's going to be lost, perhaps to me on that. That's not to say that there isn't like clearly great wrestlers and great wrestling that has taken place from them god better you think of the dragon gate six man and in, in ring of honor and and and, and the rest here mm-hmm. um i would highly like uh, first of all just a a note like the i thought the english commentator um was class yeah it was good 
I thought he re- did a really good job. Mm. He had so much. Dragon Gate J, I think his his name is. Ho ho. Is that where he was born? Because that's quite a coincidence. Is that a given name? Dragon Gate J. Yeah, it is, isn't it? <laughs> Sounds it's almost like he auditioned for the job. Um, <laughs> it's his name now. I was sad oh, Hulon wasn't there, but he wasn't well for the match I saw because I only saw because they put the opener yeah. haven't they, on YouTube and he's uh, he's not in the booth That's unfortunately. Right. He's off doing no, Hulon stuff. He, he was shit, mate. I thought. Oh, was he? Uh, oh, I yeah, think he was good. Really? Yeah, like, that's the reviews I've seen so far. Fun again, something that might not have been there. Mm. Um, he just seems sort of take on sort of like wackier sides, and the other guy was like a bit more like these are the storylines this is what's going on and him calling the action. But yeah, anyway, opinions are a beautiful thing, aren't they? That opener, I don't know how you guys felt about it. I mean, I I thought it was really good is where I went with it. I think I went 3.75 on it. Same. And it was like what you'd want as an opener on a show. And if you were going to show a match to kind of try and intrigue new fans without giving away everything for free or like kind of a, like the main event for free, this is exactly the kind of stuff that you do just like a really brutal sprint. And I thought I'd be more focused on Okuda, who I think you called Baby Okada, mm, didn't you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> before we started recording. And it was handy because, like, I I hadn't seen them before. So, like, it was handy. He looked a bit like Okada for trying to remember that that, that, that was him. Um, I thought Ishida was great. Like, mm. some nasty fucking kicks from him. Um, like just like really lobbing the, the the chairs and everything else. And I thought Akuda's knee selling was kind of inconsistent at points. Um, it just was a little bit all over the place. But I, like, I thought it was like, there was one point as well, I think he botched a powerbomb and just the sheets just kicked him in the head. And it felt fucking nasty. Um, and I heard a little bit of hype about this one going into it. And I thought we kind of delivered for, for me having kind of no investment in this at all and watching it. Um, you both watched this, didn't you? Yeah. Like, well, I thought I'd be the low man on that match because like that's that's all I've seen, you know, and it's a it's a fun little 10 minute match. I think I think what's good about it, I think the commentary definitely helped with me. Like, cause that is a thing you, you say yeah. what, what stops like a, a Western or, you know, I think we're like the typical like hardcore Western fans, aren't we? Why do we pay attention to New Japan and not the other stuff? And I know we've got like about 10 listeners who, <laughs> who will shout at us for not covering more Japan, but realistically, I don't think the majority of people out there are watching much, you know, past New Japan once it, once it gets lower. And why is that? And, you know, the excuse in the past will be that, won't it? It'll be that there's, it's that barrier to entry of not knowing who people are. And like, you know, yeah, I made that joke of like, oh yeah okay you know i know you know okay he looks a little bit like okada so that'll remind me that that's he's a Kuda. this is probably like the the trick that the, you know when you get really bad english commentators on uh, on japanese wrestling shows you gotta have these tricks to uh, to remind yourself who's who you don't want to you don't want to go full study oh no um but i think the commentary really helped though it told the story of you know that you know that he felt cheated and therefore you know that's why we were getting this rematch here and it made clear you know who the heel was who the baby face was although you know you can tell that without the commentary quite easily and yeah yeah, I thought it was a genius move to put it on YouTube, really. Um, it's not, you know, I think maybe when we got recommended it by Eamon, I kind of thought, okay, this 
this must be like a, a match of the year contender. It's not that. Like I gave it three point seven five stars, expecting to get grief for that, and that I, you know, like I did uh, when we watched some uh, some old Japan for the round table, and uh, I dragged down the uh, the average with my, you know, my my ignorance of not knowing the story, and therefore, you know, mm. if you're not as invested, you're going to give a lower rating, aren't you? Um, but I think that's kind of where you know it's settled as a as an average on grapple as well. Gareth can probably talk more to that as well. Um, but it was just a fun opener, really, and you know they throw it on YouTube, but it's like a I think they need to do more of that. It made me watch it. It made me think, okay, yeah, go on, fine. I've got 20 minutes before we record. I'll throw this on um, and I'll give it a little go. And like I say, not a well beater, three and a half to 3.75 level match for me. Um, but, you know, it put Dragon Gate in front of me. It put two characters in front of me that I wasn't, you know, I'll be honest, mm. I wasn't, I'm not going to do that thing, you know, pre- pretend I know they are to be a wrestling expert. I'm not hugely familiar with Dragon Gate. My days of, getting Dragon Day DVDs in the post stopped in about 2006 uh, when Jimmy Ray stopped going over so you know I'm not the Dragon Gate guy <laughs> but you know it got me to watch so you know that says something um, mm. and yeah I don't know how, how does Dragon Gate do on like the app Gareth as far as like interest goes is it like you know as far as the Japanese promotion goes I know New Japan's like number one but like is, is Dragon Gate like the clear number two I think it depends I think there's a lot like that you know, based on the actual, I don't know, the amount of hype that you get around a match and things like that, obviously, like, has a, has a massive bearing. But I think when, um, you know, I think when, when Dragon Gate put on, um, I think when they put on, like, reasonably big shows, you know, we, you, do, you do, like, get the numbers up there where you're getting into your, your like, triple figures, um, you know, for them, which is, you know, probably more than you'd expect. And probably last year, I think, with, with the volume of high-end matches that Miyahara had you know I think all Japan probably came out above them last year for you know a number of people that were on there and and and, and rated but I think with those below New Japan I think it all just ends up being about the match to be honest and then if you get someone like Miyahara's having matches that are getting a bit of hype kind of on the on Twitter and on podcasts and things like that people go out of the way to watch them same with Dragon Gate same with Noah and things like that you know it can be very erratic that you'll get that one show that you will get like really high ratings for and then it drops off a cliff for a couple and then it comes back again depending on what a what an, uh, another show is but you know ultimately that's kind of what the app's there for as well really isn't it to kind of you know those for those people who you know certainly from like my my point of view it was give that avenue or give that channel where that if you can invest in something like dragon gate where you're going to be watching it week in week out or month in month out then you can at least dip in and out and pick up on the good stuff and if you have got somebody who's performing at a high level consistently over a course of a year you might end up watching like five or six of their matches where ordinarily you might not watch any or you might watch like one or two which hopefully kind of like puts them on the radar a bit and hopefully helps people you know sort of invest in the uh, in the promotion as a whole i mean this one i thought like yeah it was a good idea to to get it out there and you know stick it on youtube again like i watched it i wouldn't have watched it pretty well i wouldn't have watched it if i was not doing this podcast to be honest it was a very uh, it was a very last minute uh, last minute watch for me you know it's currently averaging at about well bang on 3.88 on the app so slightly ahead of what you two give it um, I actually give it three and a half myself. I'm the uh, I'm the low man on this one, really. You know, it was it was one of them. though. like I was looking at it and I was thinking, yeah, it was fine and it was a good enough match. And mm. I liked that. You know, I enjoyed those elements of it that were 
nice and hard hitting. You know, I, I, there was I think Akuda um, did. There was like two high kicks followed by a brutal knee that he did, and I was like, I loved that. That was such a great little sequence, and you know that that knee was absolute perfection. But all in all, it just felt like yeah, it was just a a good like kind of quick match really that um, that, that that was there that I, I did enjoy, but. I could have done without like that chair bollocks and the interference at the start for me. Like I immediately just thought, like, need your why? I thought, what's this? Like, yeah, I was like two minutes into the match here, and somebody's getting involved and like, you know, chair over the ankle kind of thing behind the ref. And I was thinking, oh, I can't mm. just do without this. Come on, like first match on the show, just go out and just like keep that tempo up and like knock hell out of each other as you have been. And I, I, you know, that that was what that was what brought it down for me. And this is probably one of the problems as well like you say about not knowing storylines as far as i'm concerned or as far as i'm aware there could be a perfectly logical reason why they're using that chair that early because of something that happened last month or the month before or something like that maybe there was something that involves chairs or something like that from the other guy or you know because of the way their characters are built but i think that's one of the problems when you jump into something like this standalone Mm. without knowing the stories behind the character and things it's always going to sort of spoil your and you know not spoil your enjoyment but make you less likely to enjoy something as much as somebody who's watching it you know week in week out so as far as a standalone goes yeah it was enjoyable would i be telling people to like run after youtube and watch this match probably not you know it's you know i don't think it's gonna if this had you know it didn't stand out to me any more than the butcher and the blade on aw or you know some you know one of the slightly better matches on that new japan show like over the weekend or anything like that it was you know it wasn't wasn't wow for me and it certainly didn't make me think yeah i better go and go and watch the rest of this uh, dragon gate show or start start getting into Dra- <laughs> dragon gate on the back of one match a bit harsh mm. but you know <laughs> it was a you know in a, in a when you you think about the level of investment that's involved to kind of get up to that up to up to that speed like i don't know yeah. if this is the youtube showcase then you know then, then then that's not doing it for me and and equally as well when i look at the what would be the grapple 100 as it stands right now um, for the for the best 100 matches of 2020 there's currently only four dragon gate matches that would make the um the the grapple 100 this year so again it's not like there's been absolute like banger after banger that you know on the shows that've been able to run this year that's been knocking it out of the park whereas again off the top of my head I can't you know I can't pull the exact number but I'm pretty sure that last year all japan had you know, it was double figures at least. You know, there, there must have been like sort of ten or twelve that were that were in the in the hundred as well. So, again, and, you know, if I wasn't running away last year to watch every All Japan show under the sun, I could, I'm certainly uh, certainly see nothing there in the data at least to make me want to do the same with Dragon Gate. Mm. Did did either of you see the main event at all? No, no. I think that's that's all you put on YouTube. But I know you've seen it oh. via your uh, EJP means. Uh, is that going to sell us, JP? Is that what people should no, rush out and watch? No, because if oh. you thought the interference was too much in the opener, then it was ridiculous. Here. Oh no, I think this and was recommended. They, they were explaining to, us, it. for us to, to to start raving about Dragon Gate, get all our listeners to watch it. Maybe this was a bad well, recommendation. <laughs> as a match, I went three and a half. Okay, and I thought it was. It's not like it's a bad match when they actually are wrestling although i would say that shun skywalkers it's kind of rough around the edges he's clearly the person that they want to go with and obviously they put the title on him and he's got a he's got a look and he's built like a brick shithouse mm. as, as well so he has all of those things and Ita was like a really great slimy heel it's just that he's got like there's about 
eight or nine of them in this red faction. And they all start attacking Shun Skywalker. And he starts making a big comeback. And I was thinking, it's a bit Jeff Jarrett and TNA, this. Really, it, like, so he, he works his way in. <laughs> that would be a twist if he turned up in Dragon Gate, like, in terms of ill-fitting matchups. Um, Open the but... Jeff Gate title. <laughs> <laughs> That should be the that should be the title. <laughs> Jeff Gate. Hope for the Jeff Gate. We've got we've got some contenders this week. Oh, oh I do like that. That's uh, but it's it, it was like it, it's just it's too much. Mm. And it makes you wonder about like it, it, it this is the kind of alternative that's out there and it's it's very, very storyline focused and it's very kind of drama and almost soap opera focused and new japan appears to be going down this route as well where there's like loads of interference not to this degree like because it was like imagine having your entire stable on the outside and it all just get to attack you and the referee doesn't do anything and he sees it well there's a kind of half-hearted like kind of conversation going on with one of them trying to distract you on the other side and that kept on taking me out so when he won it was like, look, I get what you're doing. It's about establishing him here, but like, oh, it was like I could see myself as a, in conclusion, big matches. I could, I could go along with, but it, it just doesn't really feel, still feel like it's really for me. Mm. We'll give it another try. You know, people want to send yeah, more recommendations going forward. Maybe you'll, uh, you'll turn us round. It's but... not shit. Oh no, no. I suppose I came in with quite high expectations mm. of what this was going to be like. And I didn't feel like it met those expectations. Yeah. yeah. I mean, to that point, I mean, while we do this like little roundup, you know, another promotion, you don't hear people talk much about RevPro, you know, we're going to, uh, mm-hmm. you know, but again, if you want um, my big, uh, my review of, or my, my detailed thoughts on RevPro, you can listen to the British Wrestling Experience once a month on, uh, on postwrestling.com um, every second Thursday. I think that's right. Um, <laughs> where we reviewed the last show. And, you know, we've been talking a lot about these and we don't we don't tend to cover, you know, RevPro in a huge amount of detail on this show anymore. But I did want to stop in and, and at least talk the main event from the uh, their most recent show because um, I know we've uh, we've all seen that as well. That was another one I managed to, uh, to sneak in before we... Uh, we started today. Um, this being uh, Will Will Osprey and, uh, and Ricky Knight Junior. Um, uh, you know, for recommend recommendations go. I think I feel a bit bit stronger about this. Um, you know, I won't give you the, the full spiel on the epic encounters. Have you been Have you been um, watching the, the full show still, JP, or have you kind of faded out with uh, with with no. others? I, I faded out with others. Right. I mean, it's it's like there are things about as I've said here before. The things yeah. about it I find admirable, but it's like the cost and the time. Hey, it's free now. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's a story too. And I was just yeah. wondering because I was like, you know, I don't think, I mean, I saw like, um, you know, Ben Britt Reservoir Days on Twitter make a comment about it. Like, you know, nobody's paying attention to RevPro. And I've made those so comments on BWE. Like it is, it's alarming to me that, you know, this is the one Brit Res promotion running, and you know whatever you think about the promotion, and you know I do personally think some of that's a, a little bit overblown compared to some of the other promotions we could be really angry at. Um, that's a massive for another podcast. We'll go into that another time. But like, I, I do feel like there's a there's a feeling of you know people don't want to 
it's almost like you, you, Rev Pro is like something that just isn't talked about because you know you can only talk about Rev Pro when you talk about them in negative terms. So they've had that going against them. But at the end of the day, like I said on BWE, they are the one British promotion running right now, or at least putting shows out. And they are the one, and they are literally they could they could pull anyone. They could literally have any British wrestler they want at this point who's available. And this is these are the shows they run, and then they're still on Twitch for free. With you know they're not on fight anymore, which was like you say, JP a barrier for entry, and they're running, and you know two hundred odd people are watching the Twitch stream, you know another hundred or so via Facebook and you know uh, the other means that they had this on there, but it was YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook YouTube, this one. Yeah. Um, you know, still not a lot of people. Um, I think part of it can be explained by you know Repro being like you know and Quilden being casters like this these these outcasts really these rebels running shows or you know people having strong negative feelings towards them using Osprey or whatever um but it is you know surprising to me that like yeah that that is the the ceiling as far as interest goes because they've the shows have had criticism about them production other issues you know it's not always been the most compelling week uh show when it comes to some of the matches you know maybe a little bit of a overuse on the contenders for my liking um it's just not really felt like a 999 product they've now this week you know and, and the la- and the last show three weeks ago put this out for free on twitch put a match of the quality of osprey and ricky knight jr which we could talk about as well as you know which was a great match and still people aren't watching it i, I, I don't really know what what, what Red Pro can can really do at this point because it is quite a well-booked TV show uh, for its faults, um, and I, th- I see it more as a TV show than a than a pay per view at this point. Um, and you know they've done a lot of work building up to this Osprey and Ricky Knight Junior match. They've done a lot of good work in building this. Ricky Knight Junior has been a revelation um, on this TV, but yeah, I, I feel like this is going to go in as a as a bit of an underrated uh, gem on uh, on Grapple. I can't see there being a, a lot of, a lot of ratings for this one either. But you know, for for all for everything you can say about Rep Pro and those issues. You know, this was you know one of my favorite matches of the week, um, and yeah, I don't think it's going to get a, get much talk either. No, I mean, I mean, I, you know, I personally think that when you're saying there about like, you know, obviously naturally there's the, you know, we are seeing that negativity towards Rev Pro on your Twitter timelines and things like that, where you know it's you know people obviously got their different reasons for the negative towards it. But I just don't think Rev Pro have helped themselves with some of this um, side of things as well, from like a marketing standpoint. Like, yeah. you know, I like I was kind of aware that, you know, I was aware that it was on through just me having it planned as something that I needed to put on my app, kind of thing, for on like my my little schedule, kind of thing. But then I was like, I haven't to go on the timeline and look for, you know, what times it on and you know f- find a bit more details and stuff. And, and it was just so quiet. I just felt like I, I just felt like even from rev pro themselves like i almost feel like they're like hiding a bit or something like that behind this and i've literally just as we're on the phone there just like checking my emails and looking and like the last email i've had from rev pro from being on their mailing list as someone who's bought tickets for their shows in the past was like august like why aren't they emailing me on friday telling me that epic encounters is on their youtube channel for free or twitch this sunday and that will osprey ricky knight jr is on there you know it's mm. it's i feel like there's you know there's that marketing element to it as well that just seems to have i don't know not run as effectively as as it could have done because as, as much as people don't want to talk about rev pro they can still talk about it themselves and they still should be sort of like promoting it and pushing it a bit harder and putting it in your face a bit more because otherwise i mean if you think about it 
other than putting it on the app and doing this podcast, that could quite easily have just happened on Sunday. And me, as a pretty strong wrestling fan, have no idea that that match was even happening for free, like on on YouTube or Twitch on on, on Sunday, really. So I think, I think as much as there's a lot of probably you know blame might be put towards the negativity. Um, sorry, yes, sorry, Minnesota, Minnesota Vikings have just scored against Chicago. <laughs> uh, as much as much as, um, as, much as it's a fucking big game. Poor uh, Renfro can't even get attention from Gareth at a half one in the morning on a Monday night. Unbelievable. <laughs> as much as um, there's, there's that negativity there. That you know they they they've got to take that responsibility and raise awareness and th- themselves because I'm, I'm certain that there's got through the through the channels that they've got through the you know through the people that have been Red Pro fans in the past either by you know through VOD or through like their live product and things. There's people who would have wanted to watch this and you know it's it, it, but it's just probably a bit more about making people aware of it and then you know because it was free. I tuned in, watched that main event, and it was fucking good. It was really good. Like, you know, I've given it four stars on the app, and I was teetering like four, two, five kind of thing. Like, it was, it was, it was at that level there where it was, you know, I enjoyed it a lot. I enjoyed it. You know, I've given it the same rating, but I think I enjoyed it more than Hiromu against um, Taiji Shimori, really, when I think about it. It was one of them where it was probably like slightly ahead. And, um, you know, again, like just in terms of, building like Ricky Knight Jr. up and establishing him like I thought it worked absolutely you know great as a, as a as a main event and if they had chose to go down the route of him just suddenly like pulling a little roll up and like walking away with the belt at the end it wouldn't have felt out of place at all and it would have felt like a real you know positive step you know as it happens obviously they're moving forward to set things up with this tournament that you assume is going to be you know prevalent in and you know push towards that happening further down the line but like the match itself for me just like ticked every box that it needed to and you know i came away feeling like really positive about it and i just you know rick and i jr is someone that i've enjoyed at pcw and tnt i really enjoyed that match earlier this year when we all went to that rev pro show when uh, it was against robbie x that was yeah. a fucking banging little match and like he's clearly got something like when you see the um see the size of him in the ring next to osprey as well like if he you know from a height point of view he was slightly bigger than osprey if he can just sort of like hit the gym a bit more kind of thing and, you know, put himself in, in, in better shape. There's no reason why he, he can't look as physically dominant as Osprey as, as well. And then, like, God, you've got a great guy to, you know, build the company around, you know, as a as a fresh face and a fresh talent who can really go in the ring, who's got a good story behind him and things like that. So, you know, I, you know, I, I just walked up thinking, why is this hidden away? You know, like, to, you know shout about this you've you've got something good there you should be promoting and the fact that it wasn't live and it was something that they had in the can surely they all knew that they had a great little fucking match here that you know they could they could have been talking about in a bit more detail but it's just uh it's just all a bit quiet best match of the series as well that's the thing so they must have known like it really was um yeah, I don't know. Brett Butch can't get out their own way, can they sometimes, JP? I think that's the issue. Like, like I'm even looking at Grapple and, like, the ratings are not, like, spoilers. All three of us gave it four stars. But you know how many ratings there are? Five. There's us three. There's some bloke called Ian Bryant and there's some bloke called Ryan Neetzy. There, I can literally name the people. And, you know, <laughs> like, that shouldn't be the case, like, for a match that was very, very good and... You know, Ricky Knight was great as, you yeah. know, the babyface. Osprey was very good as the heel. The best I've seen him do heel work, you know, including what the limited, like, interactions he's had in New Japan. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's kind of going under the radar. 
it it is, and it's a lot of it, the things are the things that Gareth's said, and it, it comes down to those simple cases of marketing. And we've mentioned this stuff before, mm. and about how they should should have been using YouTube. I mean, this series now, with the benefit of hindsight, really works better as a kind of web series yeah. in order to kind of get the name out there. That's really kind of what it needed to be. And this is a match that, you know, in years gone by, we would have said, you know, you put that, this up on YouTube in order to kind of sell um, a bigger match down the line in York Hall and the rest of it. And and those are the things that kind of hold it back. And it's and in their defense, they're not going to have any kind of a real budget to play with. True. However, then you get into digital market marketing and then what can you do that's actually for free? What do you do with your mailing list that you have available or do with the people that you can actually contact in the meantime? And it's like, yeah, that's kind of what you're going to be doing. If you're putting all your eggs into this at the moment, um, it, it's, it's just that, Oh God, in some ways I feel really sorry for Ricky Knight jr. Because like this, He's guy having this breakout on a show. Yeah. No one's watching. Yeah. At a time when British wrestling feels like it hasn't been on its knees in this way for quite some time, it's very difficult to know who is even going to come out of all of this. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's a case where, like, this is the guy who should be like the face of the UK, a touring champion who goes around. Dare I say, bringing it back to kind of someone like a Rick, the Rick Flair of Britain, of, of like. Of Ricky Knight Jr. going around being this really kind of cocky heel who's also a bit of a face but can go in the ring. Mm. And it's it's very, very simple. He's, it's not like he's a complex character to understand. And you're engaged with it. Whether you like him or whether you dislike him, there's just a level of engagement there, which is what I found all throughout this match. And, like, I, I kind of couldn't take my eyes off it. And, like, you guys went four stars. I thought, oh, that was a really cracking little match um and benno you had to remind us and our and our little um chat group about mm. this oh it's on now it's like all oh, right shit and then gareth you were like yeah look, remind me before the start of the main event <laughs> and i'm really glad yeah that like it was because it was a reminder for me as well it's like oh excellent yeah i'm gonna make sure to to be to be watching this main event because it's a really good match and and for me it's kind of much more about Ricky Knight Jr. than it is about Will Ospreay. Yeah. And you would see that with his booking hat on, that this is the match he'd want to go to in um, York Hall. Whether or not it's Ricky Knight Jr. as Southside heavyweight champion for the unification tournament that he got to announce, which never really makes sense. But like, <laughs> you want to have graphics out and about that kind of stuff yeah. now. Yeah. And, and you know, too much to ask. Sorry, in the can. I mean, they're in their own way in some ways. In some ways, I'm sympathetic to them. Like, I do think that mm. you know, there's a lot of venom towards Rev Pro and you know Andy Quill and as as a promoter in general. That I just you know think that energy could be better spent elsewhere. I don't think they are the biggest villains in this uh, this Brit Red story this year by by any means, and unfortunately, been cast no. out as it. So I get it. You know, they're probably, if anything, shrinking away from being even on Twitter because of, mm-hmm. you know, the venom that they get. And, and you know, and, they, and the other positive I would say is I actually think it's a good shout putting this on. I, I disagree with, like, I was talking to Will about this. I disagree with him that, you know, he was like, well, you know, you've got to monetize this at some point. And I think Quilden's attitude from seeing, like, the preview video he did is, like, his point of view is, well, I want to get 
the word out. I want people to see it. So if you're going to do that, you spray to all fields, you throw it on YouTube, you throw it on Twitch, you throw it on Facebook, you throw it where anyone can see it. If that's your idea, I get it. But you've got to do that legwork too, haven't you? You've got to do that that push, that advertising. So while I do think in some ways, I think, you know, they've been... And some a lot of it is through their own mistakes and bad PR and, you know, the, 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 there's been errors of judgment from Quill himself too. You know, but, you know, they have got... They've got they're swimming against the tide here, I think, of, of public opinion. But you can still do more because what we should be talking about, like you just said, is how good this match was. Because yeah, like I say, I'm watching. I've been watching these things right through. I haven't loved every show. I haven't loved every moment of every show. I've outright hated some of the production, but that's that's just rev, bro. Um, but like you know, I, Ricky Knight Junior. He is an absolute re- revelation. Like you said there, JP. He is. Uh, he he is gonna be the next. You know, top guy in Brit Res. I didn't expect it from, you know, you think, you kind of think like the young, like the young night kid, he's going to work, you know, the family shows, he's going to work, you know, his own family's shows, he's going to have a route to maybe a WWE or something like that. And he's like, he is, and you know, you'll have seen it, Gareth, back in the day when he was in PCW, he's as, in a lot of ways, as indie as they come. He's like, he's like, a, he doesn't seem to fit like what you imagine the night mold of a, of a wrestler would be. And he's been very rough over the years, but he's really putting it together and he really mm-hmm. put it together. And in this run of shows and the lead to this match, both in how he carried himself in his promos and then in the match itself as like as the babyface in there, he could be spotty at times. But this was a match where you know I think the temptation would be to say it was an Osprey carry job because Osprey went in there with working boots on, wanting to get a young guy over like he normally does. But Ricky Knight Junior was was with him for every step of the match as well. So that should be the positive we're talking about. And you know maybe he was talking about it. We'll probably you know lead to some people maybe giving it a shot it is free out there on there on youtube and twitch and the like um but yeah I, I, a very good match I, th- I think one of the things that they really got over there was like a bit of toughness about you know rick and i jr as well because because he is young looking and he is yes. obviously like young within the industry as as well but i think the way that match w- was worked it like yeah you know the the spots and things but it wasn't as it wasn't as spotty and um like high flyery and things like that as it as it as it might have been you know i th- i think they like again i talked about like the size point of view before and he probably did look physically more um a stronger presence like next to osprey than i maybe thought he would have done kind of like prior to the match kind of with the image of him i've got in my mind but then just like little things in the, in, in the match where like Osprey was just been that cocky shit, like when he walked on his back and he was doing like the Fargo strut and like like RKJ just like slapped him to the ground in one kind of thing. And it just made him, you know, it made him look like he had that physicality about him. And then like later on, there was a thing where he obviously with the finish where he was like the hands behind his back and he's like, come on then kind of thing. And he's like just inviting Osprey to just like, you know, just throw strikes at him kind of thing. And again, I, I just really like that from a character point of view. And it just got him across as a, as a guy who's like gritty and tough. And he's not just some young guy who's, you know, is, is happy to be in there with the, in the ring with Osprey. You know, it really kind of made you feel like he's, he's in here and he's going for it. He wants to take that title off him and he credibly could take the title off him. You know, when I said like earlier, if, if they had just done a finish where he just sort of, you know, there'd been a surprise roll up or something like that and he ended up going away with the belt, it would have looked totally fine and totally justified the way the match was match was put together and like um you know, in in a in a world of Brit Ress is dead. Um Sorry. you know, it's it's a uh, it's 
you know, something to cling on to there for me is thinking, yeah, God, if they can, if if they can build this and, you know, put, you know, continue to develop him, then, you know, maybe, maybe there is a bit of hope there for us in a year and a half's time or something like that as this, um, as, as, as this, as, um, as Rick Knight Jr. grows and hopefully can kind of like build some ticket sales on the back of him and, you know, start getting a bit of a, start getting a bit of buzz back. For sure. Um, I suppose we haven't got a huge amount of um, time left. We've got a couple of other uh, shows to get through. JP, you wanted the last half an hour to talk about talking shop and mania, right? Is that what we're doing? No, um, <laughs> I don't even know. If, I don't even know if I want to give this a minute. You know, talking <laughs> shite and mania is really the best way to describe this. Um, I had a good time, you know. I had a couple of beers, but I, enjoy, I I thought it was funny. It was a it was an hour and a half skit. I think the, I, I honestly think they were how the many cock and time. fart jokes? Mate. <laughs> Maybe I'm just immature. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I, you know what I think they learned the lesson on though on this? Like they didn't. It wasn't match, match, match like the last one mm. when it was just bad indie matches. They tried. It was more like of a skit show, which I think you've got. To, I think that's what this is. It's in jokes for talking shop podcast listeners, isn't it? Uh, maybe that's where I fall for it because I, you know, I, I have been a fan over the years of that podcast. I, I did laugh. Okay, in some ways, Once. again, it felt like watching <laughs> Freddie got fingered, yeah. where I laughed at two bits. Yeah, one of the bits was the roll under shed, and the um, which is their raw underground, and then they had <laughs> a soft core match between Rhino, Just Incredible, and Tommy Dreamer, and they were singing like chanting their soft core, and they were hitting each other with beach balls and stuff like that. That I thought was quite funny. That made me laugh. And then like, and then the other bit was the. Um, there was bits of that, and even though it was awful, they did it for far too long. The first time they did, like, was it rep, repetition? Oh, like that revolution! Was, that was funny. Come on, getting that, getting Mark Jinder back. Ric Flair impersonate a Paul Lee. Yeah, getting Paul Nathan, Lee and Nathan Orton. Nathan Orton. He was great. He looks like he literally looks like Randy. Like he was. I he thought did. he was great. And he goes up on the road and just goes like just as a shrug. <laughs> In a kind of vaguely Randy Orton. Did he say he was his I mean, he brother was, or his nephew? It, or I couldn't work out what relation he was. He's a stand-up comedian. I know that from I've seen his uh, his profile, but I don't know what the relation is. Was, they look like twins. It was so all over the place. Like oh, yeah, they great. did, and, and he appeared at the end as well. I think as he did in the main event. Yeah, like I laughed at those two bits. So like with Freddie got fingered, it's like the bit with the him and playing the piano with the sausages in his fingers, which is so stupid, you know. Daddy, would you like some sausages? And the bit where he kidnaps his dad and takes him to Pakistan by cutting off a bit of the house and effectively drugging him. It's like that where there's those two bits, but in between that, like, oh, it was it was it was awful, mate. It was fucking awful. <laughs> and it wasn't funny. I've given it more than a minute, which is more than deserved. <laughs> I think what really it is, though, is, I didn't expect it to be good though either. Like I, you know, that's the first one was yeah. fucking. It was bad. Um, I don't know. I found I, like I say, I, I love that evolution sketch. I thought the main event, like with uh, what I appreciated this time out, was like they spent the budget on, you know, you know what? We're gonna bring Virgil in. We're gonna bring Mister Hughes in. We're gonna bring Ethan Page in. We're gonna bring Scott Steiner in. And you know what they're actually just gonna do? They're gonna do like a cameo in the main event. I was, to be honest, better use of them than, than bothering doing too many matches on this thing for me. I thought I enjoyed that with that as well uh, for what it was. Uh, it's like the similar to last time where they did they did like a WWE ripoff match. This was the uh, the ball for a ball match we were talking about last week instead of an eye for an eye. 
again, I'm a fan of the podcast, so I'll, I'll fall for it. I could probably watch Gallows and Anderson do anything other than wrestle a serious match, um, and I'll be entertained. <laughs> Um, but I know, uh, I know you were a, a, a huge fan of this uh, guy. Was not was the warlord and the barbarian turning up in the main event not uh, long enough to uh, to pull you back in? Now, oh, did you not even make it that long? No, well, I, I have been a fan of their podcast like in the past. So I was think I didn't watch the first show, and I was thinking, oh, I'm gonna, you know, there's gonna be some fun here. Kind of, I'm gonna enjoy this, and then like that Jericho bit that started it off was fucking Clint awful. Bobby. That was that oh, that was that was terrible. Then, uh, like, <laughs> just basically the next half hour, I just sat there sort of, like, stone-faced, like, looking at the screen, just, like, wanting to laugh, but nothing, re- like, remotely raising a titter out of me. Aww. And uh, then I turned it off, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to watch Flare Funk, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which was, was was definitely a bit uh, better use of my time. Like, now, it wasn't until then... I was like today, like I was at work and I thought, oh, maybe I should just put it on in the background. So it's there. And if there is something funny, I'd like see it. And, um, but then I ended up not, but then I saw that like the warlord and barbarian were in the main. And that was the, like just seeing those names was enough to make me go, oh, I wish I'd hung around to sort of see that. But based on, uh, based on your reviews there, I don't know, maybe, maybe I made the better choice of, um, yeah, I think maybe I used that extra hour and a half of my life wisely. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't see anything in it turning you around. Uh, I can't see, you know, again the the lucha death match they had in there. JTG oh. appearance, um, yeah, with uh, with, yeah. Cha- with Chavo and Rocky under the board and ages. Yeah, yeah, the uh, the cinematic style uh, things oh. going for could have been worse though. JP, you could have been watching Paul Lee have a wrestling match. So you know, <laughs> I I at least laugh at him. And that George, I mean, as bad as he is, mm. like that Paul Lee bloke will weirdly make me laugh. Mm. I don't know why that is. Yeah. Especially when they turned on him for no <laughs> reason at all. Like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah. But uh, to be honest, I think this is the review they'd be after. To be honest, they probably yeah. don't want people praising it. Is The idea is it's the worst pay per view ever. And it sounds like from you guys, it was up there. Um, I'll tell you what, though, I, again. I would rather watch Anderson and Gallows do this than whatever they do in Impact. Like, they were on that Impact pay-per-view at the weekend as well, winning the tag belts, and, like, again, like, it, is there anything, like, to talk about with that? Like, you know, is... I feel like, uh, I don't know, Impact has... It's gotten some pelters on this show, and it's gotten some love. Uh, I feel like Gareth now, every time I tune in and give them another chance, I don't uh, I, I don't come away uh, happy about it. Honestly, I think I'd rather watch Token uh, Chopper Mania a second time up than watch that Impact Baby that was on Sunday as well. Uh, I don't know if you got any, any more detailed thoughts on that one, JP? No. <laughs> I, I, re- I, I, I just didn't have the energy by that point to start watching it. I think uh, the only thing I really took from it actually isn't any of the matches per mm. se. And, and, and there were bits of I saw of Sammy Callahan versus um, Rich Swan, which seemed quite good and a natural feud to go to because they've been feuding before. It was like the debut of Joe Durring, which yeah. is an interesting name from a Triple Crown winner. I mean, he had cancer not that long ago yeah. and he had a bit of a comeback, but obviously you can't go back to Japan. And just an interesting name. Mm. Like, will he sort of move the needle? No. Is he the kind of big hoss who carries a bit of credibility yeah and i think that's fine and i think there's people there's a place for people and characters like that around and 
the name he has from all Japan will perhaps you know have a few people tuning in to to watch. Yeah. Any? Do you have any big thoughts on the Impact Show, uh, Gareth? It was. It was a B show. It was a. It was a house show. Really, is what it was. Um, you know, uh, it was one of them. I, I watched it. I kind of you know I. Had, I like Dionna Parazzo. Uh, Aaron Su Young was a was a fu- was a fun little match. Um, again, very house show, like a three point two five. Uh, I haven't put it into to grapple yet. That's how that's how important this show felt. Uh, <laughs> I'd probably go three and a half for Rich Swan and, and Sammy Callahan in the main event. I, I did think that was a that was a good little twenty minute match. I do like Rich Swan. I like that he's being used prominently somewhere, mm. even if it has to be Impact. Um, I like Sammy Callahan as well. I know a lot of people don't, um, but I do think he's, he's a worker a... champion, isn't he, Rich Swan? Which is kind of what they need. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and he's Somebody a guy can have some good matches. Yeah, guy not being used elsewhere. Who, you know, that's the type of guy you can hang your hat on. For me, they were the two memorable matches of this show. There wasn't a, a huge amount else to to write home about. Uh, unfortunately, for this one, free on the. Uh, it was supposed to be free on the Impact Plus app, but in typical TNA fashion, they upgraded the app the day of the show, and it didn't work. So it was free on the website instead. TNA's going to TNA. No, I will go back and watch them last two. You know, I think mm-hmm. while I've, I'm maybe uh, not going to be watching the weekly TV product as uh, religiously as I as I gave it for a little kind of three or four months there during the year, I think I'm still, you know, I'll probably still try and just follow the follow the bigger shows that they do. Um, you know, I, I've like said previously, I've enjoyed Jenna Parazzo, so quite um you know that Sue Young match probably is standing out as having a better rating and had better reviews than I would have expected it to do so you know you know definitely look out for that one again I think the Rich Swan Sammy Callan um match as well that probably like stands out as something else that I'd watch but as I'm flicking through the uh, card beneath that it doesn't look like there's anything there that's gonna uh no. I'm, I'm gonna be sorely uh sorely missing by uh by not making it part of uh, what i'm watching the next uh, week there so i think it's probably the, going to be the uh, the best way of doing it to be honest definitely well so as we got we got through impact quickly jp go on then tokyo joshi pro uh, yeah oh, we're out of time mate. everyone sorry yeah. uh, that's the end of a spotlight <laughs> for that <laughs> sorry mate. Go on. what were you gonna say <laughs> um really not too much it, it's a good match i'd say four stars it's not on the app um Garrett, Garrett. come on um but, and, but it's not it's 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 not five stars and it's fine that's it that's tokyo joshi pro done for another year there you go we got our round of it <laughs> anything else you guys have been watching anything else you uh, you want to mention um no plugs no Nothing. Uh, well i haven't done any any recording i've been doing some research but then you two into that oh some, in some fun research into into jeff jarrett that's all I'll say at this stage. Okay. Um, okay. Sounds like I'm stalking him. I'm not. Well, I kind of am, but like not in any creepy, bad way. Just throw that out there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Other than that, sorry, I'm just going straight to my Twitter handle. Is that right? Yeah, that's fine. Go for I've it. Completely forgotten. My brain has gone completely dead through talking chopper mania. I think that was the straw that broke the camel's back. <laughs> that I, mentioned I, a Mr. Hughes. Was there like some other like uh, I I feel like you had a big list of things you were gonna watch this shit in this week, JP. You let me down. I felt like there was gonna be more reviews coming. Noah, Noah. I was gonna I was gonna catch up on. Oh yeah, that um, was on the list. That was on the list. I didn't. I put Ring of Honor on there as well. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. <laughs> like really, I didn't have that amount of time, and I did actually want to sort of see other things and do other stuff. But there we go. Yeah. 
Follow me at Twitter, jpjp 3 es Oh, well, we'll get it in the speed round uh, next week. Um, we will. Gareth, anything more from you? Any final words or anything else you want to plug before we go? Yeah, I watched NXT UK. Oh, okay, you know yeah, talking cool. About? No, Another 20 really minutes, watched, let's go. <laughs> I, I didn't really, I watched, I watched uh, Rampage Brown squash Jack Stars because uh, I'm still still a big fan of Rampage and I'm, I'm very pleased for him uh, get, yeah, getting the paycheck there and just uh, any time I get to see Rampage just... Uh, Batter someone in a squash match. You know, I'm always always going to be up for that. So they uh, so they got uh, got five minutes out of me this week uh, watching that one just to see how uh, how Ramp has looked. So very uh, very very pleased to see that. The only other thing I watched this week was just when I was going back and just checking through the the lists. I came across a uh, Terry Funk Eddie Guerrero match from 1989. Oh wow. Um, from when Funk came, you know, when he just first came back before them flare matches. So you can find that on YouTube if you just type um, Funk Eddie Guerrero 1989. I was surprised to find that on there. And it's just like a, uh, again, it's just a six or seven minute match. Essentially, it's just like a squash match for, for Funk, but he gives a, he gives Guerrero a little bit there. And so that was a, that was quite interesting to see because I had no idea that uh, Eddie Guerrero was uh, knocking about uh, knocking about in WCW doing TV matches at, at that point. So that was quite interesting. But um, but outside of that, no, I've not watched anything else. But this week I will be watching Survivor Series 1990 as I go on my nostalgia kick because uh, if uh, I'll be on uh, Graps and Claps audio this weekend where. Oh. Uh, I'll be joining uh, Andy and Jeff and Chris. You've been a better so. state than me, hopefully. Fucking worried already because with uh, with obviously not being able to get to shows and things, I've definitely been drinking a lot less. I haven't been drinking in the house much, and normally I'd be uh, there in the Crown and Kettle with uh, with Jeff putting away ten uh, percent stouts. And now I think if I'm going to be trying to keep up with them for three or four hours on Saturday, I'm going to be absolutely fucking destroyed. So you can uh, you can probably look by the time we uh, by the time we get to that last match on Survivor Series 1990, I'm probably going to be in the right state. So you can uh, you can look forward to my views on Tito Santana tagging with Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior in that last match there. So uh, yeah, so that's one to to look out for because I'm I'm sure that'll be an entertaining show. Um, but apart from that, no, obviously download the app and uh, follow us at Grapple App on Twitter. Awesome. Yeah, I will very much look forward to that. Uh, I thought you were about to plug then that you were looking forward to watching Survivor Series 2020 and I knew that wasn't true. Because uh, apparently that's next Sunday, so lads were reviewing that next Monday. Oh. There you go. Uh, we don't, honestly. If you watch it, we'll talk about it. No, just watch Survivor <laughs> Series 1990 much better. There you go. We'll and do a that great instead. format for the show that they've never repeated since. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, well, so we're not doing a live one for Survivor Series 2020. <laughs> all sitting up Sunday night. Look, mate, I'm not going through the stress of video and Obviously. live streams and Twitch. <laughs> I'm moving next weekend. Survivor Series can get fucked. Um, <laughs> um, we, I might, well, we might talk a couple of matches from it, though. We'll see. Um, but yeah, yeah. In the meantime, from me, I'm like I said earlier on uh, this week's music of the map, which uh, should be out uh, Tuesday night at that time of recording. Uh, also, this weekend recording with uh, with the great Martin Bush being Andrew Thompson to talk uh, Ring of Honor's Manhattan Mayhem 2007. Um, so look out for that one on the post feed uh, the week after and. 
like I mentioned earlier, I was on BWE last week with uh, with the great Ian Hamilton with uh, with Martin as well. So you can uh, check out some more thoughts on Red Pro and NXT UK and the like. Uh, hopefully next week I can just go and have a bit of a lie down. Um, I think I need that at this point. Um, but yeah, that's kind of all of it from me. Uh, as you said, uh, follow JP on Twitter at JPJP. Follow Gareth at Grapple Gareth. Follow me at Benson Richard and Follow the other Twitter. Follow the, the Grapple Up, sorry, on Twitter at Grapple Up. <laughs> <laughs> it's late everyone <laughs> 2 or 1 in the morning this might be a uh, my favorite record lads but uh, yeah we'll uh, we'll be back next week we'll uh, hopefully talk some Survivor Series hopefully some more Tokyo Josie Pro uh, and everything else going on in the, uh, <laughs> the world of professional wrestling <laughs> see you everyone bye who know safety isn't a catchphrase it's a culture and the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe for the safety minded who watch everyone's backs Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer call clickgranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done are you ready to meet the moment? Ozzy and our friends at Chevrolet are proud to present Real Talk, Real Change to help foster racial equality in America. And we're inviting you to help. Join me, Carlos Watson, as I talk with key leaders from across the country about racial disparities in America's healthcare system. Look for The Carlos Watson Show and Real Talk, Real Change on YouTube and subscribe. Or download The Carlos Watson Show wherever you get your podcasts.